What's going on, people? Follow the leader. We are here. Um, once again, I'm going in, man. Going in on, on a couple of topics. Listen, I want to start first by giving the glory and great grace and love to the great Aretha Franklin. Um, she passed at the age of 76. She, her voice is timeless. Um, I've always said one of my favorite songs was Baby, Baby, Baby. Just sung so great. Just uh, unbelievable. She will be greatly missed. She was not only a matriarch of the Franklin family. She's a matriarch to us all, man. I mean, she's one of the type of people where you have to cherish her presence and her soul and what she meant to this world because she just wasn't a music artist. She was an icon just of her personal appearance, who she was, how she presented herself, and a lot of people should take notice of that. So um, rest in love to Aretha Franklin. And my condolences out to the rest of her whole family. Okay, y'all. Um, I want to really, 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 really get on the subject first of Jalen Ramsey. Now, that's crazy. Now, he's one of the best corner. Elite, man. Boy, is the man. Love his confidence, cockiness. But, man, some people speak crazy, man. And, and he's not. He's, he's about 80% crazy, I say. For the simple fact that he has the, the, the Matty Ice thing, okay? Matt Ryan has been successful. He's been to the Super Bowl. He's led his teams. And he says, oh, it's the system of Kyle Shanahan and all this other mess, man. I'm thinking to myself, just thinking, okay, system, system, system. There's no way you could talk about quarterbacks when you got Blake Bortles at quarterback. That's one thing. You should have put him in there somewhere. Somewhere. Did that mean y'all need another offensive coordinator? Y'all need another offensive coordinator because he was he he stunk a lot of times last. I mean, listen, man, every it's on record. Until you get you a you need to get you a scheme, because these guys are successful no matter what they got. They're successful. He has a contract, so that means if Blake Bortles don't get the right guy in there, all right, he ain't gonna get that big contract. Cause I, I didn't he sign a contract? How much was it for? I'm just saying, man. Don't be hating on Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan got that paper. He done been to the Super Bowl. I mean, come on. I just I, I understand his scheme and what he's trying to say, but it don't make no sense when the guy's been successful that long, and you haven't even accumulated as a team what he's accumulated yet. Just, 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 you know, pump your brakes. Like Jalen Rose say, pump your brakes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Josh Allen. Now, this man, trash. I mean, let me tell you something. I feel like, and I'm going to be direct on it. This is why I say he's 80%, because then we can go to 20% in this. Josh Allen did get hyped real hard. He got super hyped, man. He got hyped. And I didn't think that he should have been hyped. I think where I came to... Where I came at was because Josh Allen is not Carson Wentz. Y'all got to stop that because he came from this small school. Y'all got to stop, okay? He didn't even accumulate the college numbers or even the winning that he did. But Josh Allen has talent. He has, unbelievable. He has a great high ceiling. If he 
gets with the right coordinator, here we go. Now we go back. This is football. I mean, I understand you want to say if a guy wasn't in the right system. And, and we could say that about Brady. But they don't, what do you want to say? He's not one of the greatest. He mastered that system and he beat everybody else. All right. As much as I talk mess about Brady and all that, Brady's one of the greatest, man. You can say what you want. He's one of the greatest. Uh, only thing I had a problem with was Spygate. I just think, you know, looking at two different situations where you broke the rules and, you know, most teams would have, who knows the punishment that really would have came down on teams for that. But no, Josh Allen is the man. You know why? Because he's a rookie right now. He ain't even stepped on the, you got to give, listen, you got to, you can't cut his head. Not right now. You got to wait till he step on the floor and play. That means you go back to your quarterback, Jalen. You go back to your quarterback. He's played and he's been got, but you want to take up for him, but you want to call Josh Allen, who hasn't stepped a game on a regular season floor, had a whole season to prove his worth, had a couple of seasons to prove his worth. He ain't had none of this. Blake Bortles, you know where he was drafted? What Higher than, you know where Blake Bortles was drafted. Okay, so people have a reason to come at him. So don't be talking about Josh Allen. He ain't even played on an NFL football field yet. It's crazy. Eli Manning, shut your mouth, Jalen. Shut your mouth. This man was successful before OBJ even came there, throwing the guys like David Tyree and Plastico Burris and, you know what I'm saying, going against the Patriots, beating them twice, beating the seventh, the team that was almost undefeated. Shut your mouth, Jalen. Shut your mouth. There's no way, you know, OBJ extended his career. Listen, man, get out of here with that. A lot of people extended a lot of people's careers. That don't mean that quarterback ain't good. It means he got a good a good receiver to throw to. Because if he didn't have a good receiver to throw to, then what? We saw that. We saw Eli try to throw some to some of the most garbage receivers ever, and they just don't get it popping. So I don't want to hear that, man. You crazy? Because OBJ is this and that. And the crazy part about that that kills me on the on the Eli Eli has had bad luck. The, the giant ain't like the Giants have been successful and took over the division. You can say, oh, the only reason and Eli's had Pro Bowl at the Pro Bowl, and you can say, oh, well, the only reason he's that good. Eli's been struggling. That Giants team has been struggling. We seen OBJ look great. We seen Eli look good, but that whole team was a team. Eli ain't looked that great. So for you to come at Eli and say the only reason he's Good because OBJ, Eli been good for years. You know, that team is struggling. OBJ injuries. Give Eli the team he has now with Saquon, and that's going to be a problematic team coming up. I say New York Giant fans are going to be happy to say and see that. Um, I just think he's mad. I just think Jalen just mad to be mad, man. He's just a mad guy. Because it made no sense. Now, um, Penn State, um, Ryan Buckholz, once again, love out to their family. The next journey, Penn State's like brothers, man. They they all going to be there for them. Jordan Minor, gone, four-star. I think that's the biggest loss. I, him and Nana was, uh, man, that was crazy. They hadn't even started their careers yet. But they're all going to be brothers to them. They're going to be around um, Penn State. It's going to be good to see this team evolve. But let's go to the defensive end situation. Now, this is the wild dogs we're talking about. It's, it's not like 
they don't have anybody like oh my god we're empty no now experience might be empty but i really feel that shakatoni's the man shakatoni has proven time out again and again and again last year how uh, you know some guy one of my followers was like oh well he can't stop the run he has six tackles for losses three and a half sacks so that means two and a half we talking about losses i mean i saw the whole wild dog line play last year i don't where did you get that shakatoni can't stop the run who said that who watched shakatoni play and said he can't stop the? who are these guys who are these guys? I, these followers, I don't even debate with too many of them anymore. I might say something because I like to, you know, I like to get them in, make them feel like, you know, I, I actually have followers that I, I got close, good relationship with. What's up, Steve Crager? You know what I'm saying? I got a couple of guys. My guy, Jerry G. You dig what I'm saying? Um, for the Villanova. You know, I mean, it's guys that I, I, you know what I mean, got love for. And I respect some of their. You can't argue down opinions like Shaq and Tony is completely just, what is wrong with these guys? What is wrong? Okay. Yeter Gross Matos. Now, out of all three, and Shane Simmons, these are the three names that are going around. Daniel Joseph, don't sleep on him. But I think it's Shane Simmons, Shaq and Tony, and my guy Matos. Now, let's talk about these three. Who I think has the high ceiling? Matos. Matos is the man. I think out of all three, he has the most talent, you know, for the future heading forward. I think he'll be the better defensive end. That doesn't take anything away from Simmons or the the beast, Tony. It just shows you how good Matos is. But right now, it's Tony. You put Tony in. You let Tony do his thing. Like, that's what you do there. I, I think the next guy on the other side, would be my toes. I think Simmons is good. Simmons is a relentless beast. A relentless beast. It's not taking nothing away from Shane Simmons because you could put him in there. You could put any three in there and you really wouldn't be losing. But my opinion on who I think is the best one because he just tore it all up last year. I mean, Matos came in his freshman season, you know, and showed that he just wasn't a freshman. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Matos showed that he was the guy. They, look, I'm here to stay. Not only am I here to stay, I'm here to contribute right now. Shane Simmons showed why that they red-shirted and was like, listen, why they recruiting him? He was such a high recruit. Shane Simmons is a beast, and I think he's a guy that reminds me of his movement and technique of a Javon Curse. Shakatoni is something special. He's so fast off the edge. He's so relentless, and he would continuously continue. I think he would lead the team in sacks. And we talking about Sharif Miller leading the team in sacks, but you give Tony the starting job next to Miller, and we're talking about now. We're talking about the best defensive end combo in the nation, possibly top five, top five. I think in the Big Ten, yes, but top five for sure. I mean. Miller is ready. He's seasoned. He's ready. He's going to be a beast. He's going to. There's nothing you're going to be able to do about Miller. He's came in, and then you put Tony in there. But what he did last year, how how much pressure he put on the quarterback last year. Let's talk about how much pressure he put on the quarterback. I mean, he was something different. 
And the crazy part was he didn't start. He come right in there and 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 just be a beast. You have to be crazy to think that Tony isn't right now the best. We saw all of them on the floor getting snaps last year. All of them got snaps. And you put their stats. Ain't too far-fetched. They're not too far-fetched, which lets you know how good they are. They're not far apart. But who was the better performer? It was Tony. Tony was the better performer. Start stopping the run, that means somebody's on acid. Somebody's on acid. He can't stop the run. And you didn't watch Penn State last year. You just uh, saw ESPN highlights. All right. Um, You want to um, talk about NBA draft room. When we get back, we're going to talk about NBA draft from the new 29 mock that has came out. Oh, yeah. NBA draft from we get down over there and we're going to talk more about it. Follow the leader. I'm going in. Welcome back to Follow the Leader Podcast. Going in, yes, leader goes in. Um, NBA Draft from .com, best um, mock draft source you're going to get. So update, you got updates one-on-ones with some of the top stars. And we got future and progressed mock drafts. Not only do we have 2019, we got 2020 and 2021 classes. Uh, who have all been begun. Now, let's talk about this upcoming draft, which is not as talented as other drafts, man. From the top 10, you get your, your guys, and then, you know, it's, all, it's a guess from there. I give it a C right now on drafts. I mean, it could change. I mean, guys could come up and, and surprise you, and, you know, because the 2018 was a good one, but it got even better than the last one because of guys like Trey Young and, what they did to prop Michael Bridges and uh, Dante DiVincenzo and Omari Spellman with Villanova. So many guys just got good. This became a Marvin Bagley came in the draft. This became a real good draft and better than last year's, a uh, year before. Um, This year, R.J. Barrett is the number one guy. I wouldn't go against that. He's 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 something special. He's explosive. He's explosive. Uh, he's just explosive, man. Um. My guy, shout out to Mike, man. Um, head honcho at uh, NBA NBA Draft Room. Um, Grant Hill comparison, which is a good comparison, but I say more of a Scotty Pippen. He's so more much more explosive, man. Uh, Tracy McGrady, so explosive. I mean, this guy can shred it up. Uh, now see a little number num- number two guy. People are not even. Especially with his wingspan, people are not seeing just how good this guy could be. Probably be the best two-way player in this draft. Um, who has moving up? Zion Williamson. Oh yeah, Zion Williamson is that guy. Comparison to Larry Johnson is great. I say Sean Kemp with a mixture of even another all-around talent like McGrady or a guy. I mean, he can pass the he, – he's just getting better and better. He's starting to evolve. He's starting to evolve more and more all around. He was three for four from three. I mean, he put on a show. 
Let's not go past R.J. Barrett having 34 points. Um, Duke just looks like, I just think as they, these three, when Cameron Reddish comes in, as these three, because people ain't even seen Cameron, man. Cameron is better than both. You can say what you want. Zion's more athletic. And that's what gives you the wow factor. R.J. Barrett is clean. He's played against international competition. He's the real deal. But Cameron is just a whole nother guy. A whole nother guy. I mean, wait till you see this guy play on the college floor. Cameron Reddish is a go-getter. He's a Carmelo Anthony with a more all-around game. Carmelo scored. You know, the years when people was like, oh, now they all, you know what I mean, all on them. But Cameron Reddish has an all-around game, can play the point. This would make these three so dangerous, you know. Uh, Bow Bow, number four. I've heard people talk, oh, Bow Bow ain't all that. Bow Bow is all that. I mean, Bow Bow has, you know, he's 7'2", 225. He has some weight he can gain and pick up, but it won't be nothing because this guy is going to be, he can shoot. I mean, to be 7-2 and have a smooth, as, as said by the profile, smooth offensive game, which he does have. That's kind of scary. I mean, I think Bobo will continue to get better and better and better. And when you see him play at Oregon, he's going to show how, how dominant he is. Uh, Cameron Reddish, number five, which, you know, we will see things. They could possibly, Duke could possibly have the one, two, and three best players in there. Now, I see a little is just so good. I wouldn't put Bow Bow over Reddish. Y'all see my um my um top 30 of 2019 coming. But we had NBA draft room. That's my guy. He's one of the smartest guys I know. We have our picks and who's here and who's there. And I think he's just one of the best. My guy, Mike, NBA draft room. Cameron Reddish is going to be something different. Now, look at that top five. That top five is is nice. I mean, you're getting a center who can shoot, who can stretch the floor. You're getting Zion Williamson, who was a great move up. I mean, I just felt like from the gate, he should have been, you know, he should have been here. I just thought he was here. Regardless, he was here. I just think he he's the number one. Those top five guys can all be number one draft picks. If Bobo gets in there in Oregon and just has a dominant year, you're going to be talking about him possibly at number one. Daniel Gafford at number six. Now, that's interesting. Gafford is a canby. No doubt about it. This guy can play ball. At El Dorado, man, I'm here in Arkansas. Like I tell y'all, man, people always, uh, he was a high five, four star. To me, he was a five star. And I knew how good he was. As soon as he stepped on the floor and did it, I, I said, he's going to be the game changer for Little Rock this year. I mean, for Arkansas. I told everybody that he's going to be the game changer. He's going to make them a better team. He did. He made them a whole, he's a, they're a whole different team. With, and he's going to be relentlessly angry this year. I mean, the guy showed what he was about. Now it's really going down. Straight out of El Dorado, Arkansas. Number six, number seven prospects. Sako Dion Boya. If I say that wrong, let me know. Now, I interviewed this kid for NBA Draft Room. Intelligent kid. Competitive kid. He wants it. Those top seven alone, I think he's a, he's in contention to be a top three pick himself. He comes through. Small four, six nine, two fifteen, Out of France. If he comes through and he shows it again. Because this is the draft year. He's already let me know he's coming out. He's told me, hey, I'm coming out. He comes out. 
Oh, man. You know what that means? Guy's ready. And if he shows out, he could be a top three pick. Quentin Grimes, no doubt. Point guard. I love his game. Explosive. Romeo Langford, next guy. Number nine. Smooth. Can 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 really get he, he's a he he's a guy that I want to see more of. And I'm really looking to see him play this year. I'm really looking for that. Okay, Charles Bassey. He went to Western Kentucky. He reclassified. You know what? It's going to be interesting to see him play at Western Kentucky and what he can do and if, if he can move up as a big guy. Jonte Porter. This is his year to move up. I mean, there's a lot of guys ahead of him where I feel probably if Jonte Porter does what he does, he can move over, uh, ahead of Bassey, Langford, Grimes. I mean, Jonte Porter could do it. Uh, he's 6'11". Like this draft, a lot of these guys can move up. It's not one of those clear-cut drafts. I mean, guys can move up, down. I mean, the guys that are here now could move down. Naz Reed. I'm going to say this. In my opinion, I mean, I think he's better than Bassey right now. Um, better prospect than Langford. Quinn Grimes is something else. I think that's a guy you got to watch out for. But Naz is something nasty. He's nasty, man. He's nasty. I mean, put him in transition with a good point guard. I mean, we're talking, whew. I mean, trade up. Get him. If you if you got a good point guard that can throw that rock and can pass it good, get him. Because he's going to make you better. Chris Wilkes, I love, his, I love how he scores. He'll be he'll be in the league for a long time. I think he can score real good. Number 13 prospect on NBA draft room. Louis King, watch out. Him moving up into the lottery mode. And Oregon has him and Bobo. Watch out for this team. It is unbelievable. Watch out. I mean, we're talking about a team that can bring Louis King in there. Louis King is an unbelievable scorer. You talk about him and Nassir Little probably being the most underrated. Nassir Little not underrated no more. After he climbed at McDonald's, things turned a little, you know what I'm saying? So, O'Shea Brissett. Now, I remember this guy. I mean, I'm going to talk to this guy. And um, at one time, he was recruited by Villanova. I like his game, all-around game. I mean, he really surprised me because his all-around game is even better than I thought. Um, EJ Montgomery. Is the number 16 prospect. He's with Kentucky. So we know where his, his status is going to be looked at. If he get the time. He could be one of them guys like P.J. Washington and move down. They are too deep. Everybody ain't going to be able to get the ball. So, you know, we'll see. Keldon Johnson is going to move up. There's no doubt about it. Keldon Johnson is something special. Keldon Johnson is a top 10 pick. Keldon Johnson can definitely shoot that rock. He should score. He's ready for the lights. Now, I'm, this name, seen him play. How do I not know how to pronounce his name? Slap me later. Rui Hachimura. Gonzaga, 6'8", 225. He's good. I want to see him more of him, man. I think Gonzaga doesn't. I got to see more of this kid. I want to see more of this kid. I think he has the talent, but I don't see enough of him. DeAndre Hunter. Um, good, great two-way player. He's going to be in the NBA. He's going to be a dog because of his defense. And he can play. 
Um, Semi Solar shit too. Out of and he's in Van, Vanderbilt. Was a great commit. See how he um, turns out. Pretty good. Ashton Hagens. Now Ashton Hagens, whew, he could move up. He can move up, man. I mean, Ashton Hagens has it. He has it. Darius Baisley, who signed with the G League. We'll see where that puts him. Talk to this kid. I think he's talented. I think he's real talented, but um, we'll see where he goes. Uh, he's a talented guy. Bruno Fernando. Now, he has the ability to move up with Merlin. He's a center. He showed a lot. If he shows more this year, he could move up. Jordan Brown, I think he moves up. Nevada's going to be something good this year. I mean, they really got lucky in their recruiting class. And Jordan Brown is a um, pretty good power forward, man. I think he moves up. I think he moves up in the top 20. Uh, Jalen Hands, I think he moves up in the top 20. He showed out last year. He's at 25. Right now, uh, and Jordan Brown's at 24, but uh, Jalen Hand showed out in the combine. I think he moves up. Um, Sega Bacanati, I'm saying that wrong, drop kicking me. Um, he has talent. He has talent. Uh, he's a big guy. Big guy with talent. We'll see where he goes. Uh, Luca Samanik. Um, I interviewed him. He's coming out. Um, very talented player. We'll see where he goes. Eric Pascal. I see him going up in this draft. For one, he's with Villanova. And and if anybody knows what that means, we know what Villanova does and, and, and what type of program they are. But he's the number one guy on this team. He's the number one guy on this team. Let's put that in the... He has the ability to be the Big East player of the year. I think, I and, and I'm not going to, you know why I don't go so far as to just claiming that? Because, you know, I, I, they would call me biased. So I do that for my followers. But I know my talent. And this guy showed in the tournament last year around guys like the DiVincenzo, uh, Jalen Brunson, Michael Bridges, Amari, they were all starring. Guess who else starred? Eric Pascal. Eric Pascal. It seemed like when other guys just fell back, Eric was like, hey, I'm right here. Slam. I'm right here. Three-pointer. Uh, block. Uh, spin move. Take you off the dribble. He can really do it all. I really, I cannot wait to see Eric Pascal play this year. I can't wait because he has the green light. Every There's always a green light player every year. When they won a the championship, it was more of a spread thing. That's before, that's, that's before the green light era. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then the next year, it was Josh Hart. Josh Hart had the green light. He took it. Boom. The next year, it was Jalen Brunson. And there's always a couple players, right? Archie Diakono and Oshefu, if you want to go to the championship. But still was a spread team. Everybody from Josh Hart to Jenkins put Booth in it. Everybody was touching the ball more. It was more of a spread. It wasn't. I think at the same time, Jay Wright was trying to figure out who these guys were until he found out who, who was the big guy or who was the main guy. Everybody just got involved. Now you come in with Josh Hart. Josh Hart clearly proved that, yo, I'm next. And so Jay Wright saw that and he got the green light. And Chris Jenkins also got the green light. It's always two people. It's always two. And Josh Hart had the ultimate green light. The next year you come in, you have Jalen Brunson and Michael Bridges. They had the green lights. 
Brunson had the ultimate green light. Bridges had the other green light. And then everybody revolves from that. This year, it's going to be Eric Pascal and Joe Cremo. Anybody ready for that? Joe Cremo's a senior. Grad transfer. Had 17 a game last year. So expect him and Pascal to be those guys. Seniors. Remember that. Or, or guys who are upperclassmen like Bridges and, and, and um, well, you are guys who, you know, juniors who are more experienced like Bridges and Brunson. Now, Kenny Wooten, you know, I, might, I have an interview coming with him soon out of Oregon. High energy. I mean, a guy that can play, uh, Lindell Wigginton. Now, and that's the end of the top 30 NBA draft room. Now, let's talk about guys who could, a guy, Javon Quinterly. Watch out. I'm just telling y'all, man. This guy, look at what happened to Amari Spellman. And look where he came. Everybody was always talking about, well, if he goes or he goes, he could be in this draft. He could be in that draft. They didn't know. Same thing with Javon Quinterly. Nobody's looking at it. Javon Quinterly is one of the most exciting players coming out of this recruiting class. And scouts are going to be wowed by this guy. Wowed. You know, you got to see him play first, this and that. Look at Trey Young. I think he can make a similar impact to Trey Young. Javon Quinley is that good. And I think people, he's one of the most underrated. It's crazy, underrated. This guy influences the whole game. All right, y'all, man. I had to go in with y'all real quick. NBA Draft Room. Uh, tune in to NBA Draft Room at NBA Draft Room on Twitter and NBA Draft Room.com. Um, it's the best day. It's, um, interview Greg Brown, Reggie Perry is my two latest interviews. Um, two guys who, uh, Reggie Perry said and, and told me that he will be leaving. He is a one and done. So Reggie Perry is a one and done. So we got to get, we got to start looking. Uh, Re- Reggie Perry is a first round dress. Another guy, he's a first round draft pick. He's going to be a top 20 pick. Reggie Perry can play lights out. He's going to be Mississippi State. He's going to be, right, he's going to make them a whole nother team. He showed up at McDonald's. How's people not even recognizing my guy, Reggie Perry? This guy can ball. He's going to be a top 20 pick. It's no doubt in my mind, Reggie Perry is an NBA prospect. Uh, Nicholas Batum with more offensive push, big guy. You're going to see him do a lot for this team. Um, in Mississippi State. Um, like I said, y'all. Um, also follow your boy, Leader Johnson, writer, Leader Two Four Seven. Catch me on VU Sports. Um, um, interviewing some of the best prospects in Villanova football and basketball. Catch me at StockRisers.com. Also follow them at StockRisers. You can catch me um with some of the best one-on-ones and articles regarding college basketball and some of the best recruits in the nation. Uh, my blog on Facebook, Leader Johnson. Uh, it's going down, man. NFL Draft Room is coming. It's coming, y'all. Uh, well, we will get down with some of the best football prospects in the nation. Uh, so much. Mock Draft. I finished my uh, 2019 Mock Draft. So... It's going to be exciting, people. It's going to be an exciting time. Follow leader, y'all. Going in. Till next time. What's going on, y'all? We are here at the Follow Leader Podcast. Back. I'm going in. 
And I told y'all it's going to be a good one. Told y'all hold your seats. If you a Philadelphia sports fan, Penn State fan, you know, you're going to love this episode. Now, let's get right to it. Let's talk about the Sixers. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, two generational superstars. This was hard to do. This was hard to do, I mean. Sit back and lose and just keep losing and just keep losing. I mean, that's hard. I mean, who can sit back and lose and design to lose? Now let's get right back. Let's get right to it. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. I mean, the cards couldn't have failed better, especially with Joel Embiid having the injury and was the number one player in his draft. Looked at as a baby I came alive around, which I think he'll be stronger. I mean, even more deadlier from just the mid-range game. He's going to change it because he's going to be able to take it off the dribble, shoot in mid-range like a Jason Tatum. You seen him training against Jason Tatum. I mean, Jesus. When have you seen a center able to do this? The thing about Ben Simmons is the, the, the work and the hard work and the work ethic he puts in, people don't see it. To come off a bad injury and come up and they say he's not a rookie, well, for one, I really don't get that. If he didn't play a whole season of basketball, he didn't play a preseason game, he played summer league. If he didn't play regular season ball, what are you talking about? It's the same thing. Him being around people. Let me tell you something. So you mean to tell me a guy cannot play for 10 years and just be around people and you consider him an NBA pro? They don't even make no sense. This guy was a rookie. He had never touched. Just like a lot of people say, a rookie, you know, um, can't get what, you know, when you need a vet on your team. Why do you need a vet? Because he's been there. So how can you say Ben Simmons had been there when he was never there? So he was clearly the rookie of the year. He got it. And um, with his average and what he did in the season, that's crazy because at 6'10", his agility, his ability to be able to play against some of the greater point guards, guard the point guards, guard five positions. Everybody talks about a lot of stuff about Ben Simmons, but what they're not talking about is how good he is. Like, seriously. I really don't get the whole era of What's going on? I don't. I don't. Not one. I know the jump shot's not there. We all know he's going to develop a jump shot and he's going to be good. You know why I can say that? Because you say, just like you say he won't, I say he can. Because this man developed how to become a point guard from being a power forward. A true point guard. We ain't even talking about um, a point, a guy that could just pass the ball or a guy that could bring the ball up, a guy who could just score against point guards. No, he became a true point guard at 16 from being the power player. I think what people don't reference is just how smart he had to be to come in here this year and win 52 games. Joel Embiid was gone. I know everybody was counting him out. They might say, no, he was. yes, he was. Yes, he was. Um... If you look at what he scored, okay, 
15.8 a game. Okay. 8.2 assists. Not to mention 8.1 rebound. Shot 54% from the field. Yeah, I mean, you know, 6'10". 6'10 point guard, man. This man scored 54%. And he's going to do that for the rest of his career. I don't care what type of jump shot he implicates in the game. He's going to be able to score. And he's a power guy. So, people got to understand. Look at that. Um, everybody talks about his free throw percentage. It went up. Went up in the playoffs. Do this thing. You know, he has uh, 3.4 turnovers. not really, I mean, what are you trying to say to Ben Simmons right now? This guy had 1.7 steals, almost a block a game. You know what I'm saying? You have to really look at this guy and, and really understand. As he gets more into the game, even with his without the jump shot, he's going to develop more moves, more power moves. He's just figuring out the game. Think about that. Like, people are crazy. He's just figuring out the game. Um... In the playoffs, uh, he did more to try to. Uh, he shot seventy percent from the from the field from the free throw line in the playoffs. Does anybody talk about that? Seventy percent from the field. He went up. He went up. Nine point four rebounds. Seven point seven assists. Sixteen point three points. Forty eight percent from the field. High. You know that might end up happening. Forty eight to fifty. I think he can just do wonderful things. And I've seen the guy hit three pointers in, in his in practice, like in practice, with LeBron James coaching. I mean, he can do this. He just wasn't going to implement that in the game right now when it was time to win. All right, now let's talk about um, Markel Fultz. Yes, let's talk about Markel Fultz. Let's do it. Markel Fultz is explosive, man. I keep telling people like y'all must be crazy. He didn't even get a chance to play as many games as Tatum or Ball. And y'all try to judge him with Tatum. Tatum had time to sit there, play around, with, learn, step back, not be the focal point. He played some time with Kyrie. I mean, come on, man. He came in there and he shocked the world. Not shocked the world, not to me. Well, yeah, I mean, when you go do it this quick, yeah. But he had other people like Jalen Brown who had been in the playoffs. He had Marcus Smart, who had been in the playoff. Terry Rozier stepped all the way back and had this fall back in line and came up. There's no way in the world Stephen A. Smith can um come to this type of, of, of analysis of saying the process. The process, the Boston. What's the Boston process? They never even called it a process, so it was like kind of, you know, but yo, shouts out to him and um you know, to Stephen A., but no, that wasn't right. All right, um, the next guy, because we want to talk about folks. I do, I do want to get more into the uh, how everything comes up. The next guy is going to make it so good. T.J. McConnell was a guy, him and, uh, and Robert Covington weren't drafted by the team. They are both key focal points of this team. Um, It just gives you a whole cycle of how they really did things. It wasn't just drafting, you know what I'm saying? Um, J.J. Reddick, perfect. You get you a shooter, a sniper with Ben Simmons. He's going to be there again. But he's perfect. We're just talking about this team. But as the future of this team rolls, you want to talk about the future. That's what we're going to break into. Philadelphia has the chance to get the number one pick next year. The Kings are garbage, which I think not only will be garbage, but they really have a great shot to get the number one pick. The thing is, for the good news for the Kings is they won't have it. 
That means they'll give it to Philly. If the Kings fall anywhere 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, guess what? It goes to Boston because of the Markel Fultz trade. Now, um, I think personally that you still got the high hopes of thinking that the Sixers can get, no, no doubt about it. They got the right team that's in their hand. If they don't get it, then this draft is, you know, clearly not as big um, a draft. You got guys like um, who can be at that position. And we're going to talk about NBA draft when we do the best mock drafts on the internet. NBADraftroom.com, get into it. Um, Philadelphia has a chance to get a Zion Williams. Or they have a chance to get a, a Cam Reddish. Or they have a chance to get an R.J. Barrett. Now, I hear people saying, R.J. Barrett. Oh, man, R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett. Uh, yeah, he's good. Now, see, Little's good. I mean, I like both these guys. Um, but Zion Williamson is a different type of gifted athlete. He's the type of guy that you're going to have to, with Ben Simmons, he can just do so much. If we get the number one pick, people should be scared of the type of lineup Philly can have. Not only can Zion Williams play the three, he can play the four with Ben Simmons. Think about it. Ben Simmons can throw him lobs from anywhere on the floor. Then he's developing an outside game. He's, he's powerful in the middle. So if you want to put him at four and let Robert Covington play the, play the three, that's a great move. And I think that if you put Zion Williams with Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, cancel Christmas. R.J. Barrett, okay, let's I, I like all these guys. I like R.J. Barrett. I like Cameron Reddish. I like these guys. I mean, Reddish was my guy because he got that shot. But Zion Williamson is clearly so explosive. I mean, you don't need him. And then he developed a three-point shot. But he's so explosive that you wouldn't need him to have an outside shot. You would just need him to be that guy, that power guy. Because you can always put him at the three or the four. Clearly. He's going to dominate in transits. He's going to dominate going to the floor. He has a mid-range game. He has a post-up game. We just didn't know he had that three-point game. Woo! Now things get ugly. So, um, and if we talk about further on the draft, we may say the Sixers might have the 25 to 30th pick. 25 to 30th pick. Let's think about that. Um, I think they'll have one of the top five. That's just me. I said 50 wins last year. They got 52. Um, if you look at this draft, NBA draft, Lindell Wiggington, point guard, they have Kenny Wooten, uh, great athletes, a great athlete with Oregon. Um, uh, Linda Wiggins with Iowa State. Uh, Eric Pascal, he's of course I'm Nova. I do Nova work. And I'm gonna tell you, this guy's ready. He can play four to five. You can put him back up. He come in, shoot the tray ball. He be perfect for Philly. Uh, Luca Semenik, he can score, man. Right, this guy, you better watch out. He can score. He can score. Uh, coming off the bench, he'd be great. I mean, these guys would be good coming off the bench for Philly. But then you look at Eric Pascal, who's a guy who can learn to be a star. I just really think this guy can come in and play basketball. Um, if you look at other guys in this draft, they could probably Darius Baisley. He's possibly a guy that can really give Philly another guy that could play D. Uh, Jordan Brown. Maybe he falls to Philly. Uh, Jalen Hands. There's so many. Jordan Brown's a guy I think really come off the bench and be something different there. 
uh, Sima Sola Shitu, who I think you gotta watch out for guys who could fall down. EJ Montgomery is another town to fall. I think will fall down out this draft. Um, there's a lot of guys that we can go for, but if you're going for number one, it's Barry. They might say Little. If Little can really show some stuff this year, and he always shows up, but I don't think nobody's a more better prospect in, in the game right now than he's number one overall. I love R.J. Barrett. He can really play basketball. Like, but Cameron Reddish, people forget. Cameron Reddish is one of those guys that I don't think Zion or R.J. can guard him. I think Reddish, with his wingspan, and you look at Zion's, you look at R.J.'s. R.J.'s a 6'9 wingspan. Zion has a 6'10". Reddish has a 7-1. He's a problem. Once he gets on the floor, stuff's going to be different. Okay, uh, you look at Philly. You know, they got picks um 2020. 20, two, two picks in the 2021 20, class. I mean, if you look at Philadelphia right now, I mean, they're in a great position. Like, they, they can make a trade in 2021 or maybe not. Maybe they stay. You want me to talk about 2021 class? We can do that. 2020 class with Philly. Who knows where it goes? If Philly goes down in this 2020 draft, there are guys uh, who I still think they could be 25 through 30. So, LaMelo Ball, uh, Sharif O'Neal, wow. Uh, Andrew Nimhard, Matthew Hurt, Emmanuel Quigley, Tyrese Maxey, Ayo, excuse me to this family, that's, that's my family, the son, the dude Sun Moo. Um, guys like that are in this draft. Ayo is a crazy score out of Illinois. King of Chicago. King of Illinois. Guys, big time. Um, Cassius Stanley could be a very big time player that the Sixers, if they feel like they want to trade up or maybe go for him, it could go down. Who knows? If Sharif stays in the 2020 draft this low, which I feel like he'll move up. I mean, I think he can move up to top 20, no doubt. He can even get up there in the, in the lottery. But, you know, to be serious, the UCLA program is very, very deep. It really is. I mean, it's really unfair. It's going to be one of those interesting. 2020 draft is going to be interesting. Trenton Rodford's in here. Jalen Smith is in here. Uh, Tyler Hero's in here. Darius Garland's in here. Precious. My boy, Chihuahua. Precious Archiwai is in here. Josh Green is in here. Isaiah Stewart's in here. I mean, there's some big-time players in this draft. Like, seriously. But at the bottom, you could really get a steal. Philly might get LaMelo. I, I could see LaMelo going even up to me the top 20 pick. You know, right now, in the draft room, we had him at 30. I think he'll rise up to top 20. I think Sharif will rise up to top 20. I think Nimhard's is a good spot. Nimhard's a very good point guard. I think he'll 28, 27, 20. I think he's a great spot. Manuel Quigley, whew, that's going to be very hard to see. But he could be 26. I mean, there's a lot of the top 10 of this draft. But anyway, like I said, we're just talking about Philly. And like I said, Philly can get those type of talents. Sharif O'Neal, LaMelo Ball, Matthew Hurt. They can all play great ball. Now, the 2021 NBA draft, which Philadelphia holds two picks, has the great Jalen Green. Yes, I compared this guy to Kobe. Same thing NBA draft from at Duke. I'm saying, um, me being the senior writer at NBA draft from, I, I tell you what, I've seen some great analysis 
that we put down. And um, Jalen might be the best prospect we got ever I've ever seen on NBA Draft. Evan Mobley. I mean, this guy continues to shine. R.J. Hampton. Wow. Yo, R.J. go hard, man. Watch out for him. Uh, Scotty Barnes. Isaiah Todd. This is the, listen. They have two picks. Now I'm looking up at this. Ain't too many lotteries. But Phoenix, Phoenix might have gave Phoenix made a trade. And they gave their first round pick. Now my thing is this. Will Phoenix be in the playoffs for the next two years? Let's just say they was. But look what's down below. Phoenix, if they do make it, they're not going to be, you know, they could be around this point. And you mean tell me, B.J. Boston's going up, you know. I feel he's going to go up. Uh, Nico Mannion could be in this draft. Jeremy Roach could be. Keon Brooks could be in this draft. Uh, Julian Strother, Johnny Suzanne. Listen, when we're going down, Jamin Breakfield. Y'all know about Jamin Breakfield? Listen, y'all got to go watch Jamin Breakfield. Alex Adekunpo. That's the, the, the Greek freak's brother. Marcus Bagley. That's Marvin Bagley, bro. Jerome, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who just put Villanova in his final five, is 26 rated on the 2021 draft. Here we got DJ Jeffries, Jaden Springer, Armando Bacot, uh, Will Baker. We got CJ Walker. I mean, are you kidding me right now? This draft, Jabri Abdurrahim. What Terrence Williams, J- Yo, Josiah James, Terrence Shannon, Jalen Carey, like this draft is loaded. So Philly has two, even at the bottom. You go to the bottom, twenty-five to thirty, whatever you want to do. Let's read the last five picks, okay? Alex Alakumpo, he's six six, two fourteen, could could grow bigger. So he's gonna be a small four in between shooting guard, one of those two. A small for Jeremiah Robinson Earl. What an unbelievable talent at powerful DJ Jeffries. Yeah. Okay, Jaden Springer. Armando Bacot. And Will Baker. Those are the last five guys for NBA draft room. And going into the second round, they got CJ Walker and your boy, um, what's his name? Um, Jabri Abdul Rahim. Can we talk about Terrence Williams? You want to talk about more? Like, come on. So, Philly is loaded and looking like a team that can go into the championship this year. Y'all might talk all that mess all you want, but what makes Boston so scared of you? Kyrie Irving. If you just let Gordon Hayward be on there, come on. I know, I know Gordon is good. He's one of the most underrated players in the NBA. But looking at what two young guys did in their first year, something that Gordon Hayward or Kyrie Irving couldn't even match. Listen, the win total of Joel Embiid and when he gave the, the you know, they, they ended up winning, what, 28 games from 10? So, you must you must be telling me that they had a, a heck of a significant improvement. You know, and you mean to tell me that you don't think that Kyrie Irving didn't do that with Cleveland? Gordon Hayward didn't even do that. So, you mean to tell me y'all don't see the greatness? And, like, what vets did they have that helped them out so good? These guys were young guys leading this team. So I think 60 games, man. I'm just thinking 60. I think I, I, they're starting from the, the, the beginning of the season with a good chemistry. Markel Fultz is much better. He is going to be an all-star, I think. I think he'll have the ability to be an all-star because they're going to – J.J. Reddick could start. 
And I think Ben Simmons, I think Dario Sarge will come off the bench. Honestly, you put Ben Simmons at power forward, Robert Covington, Folks and Reddick. Put your shooters on the floor. Your, 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 your guys will create. And I'm not going to say Dario Sarge don't do that. He'll just be better off the bench. You know what I'm saying? I think they'll be faster, quicker, and more dynamic with them on uh, on the floor and with their starting five. If you don't want to be faster, quicker, you let Dario do it. I think Dario's a great player. Dario's an all-star type of power forward, but that team be more dangerous than two on, on the floor. Okay. Now, when we come back, okay, um, we're going to talk about these Phillies. Can we get on these Phillies? Yeah. I'm going in. Foul leader. What's up? What's up? What's going on, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania? I know you're listening. You're in on it. We back. It's the Phillies. All right. We lost today, 10 to 4. Right? Nothing. You know, they're trying to get back. They're still in the wild card hunt. They're, they're well in the playoffs. The playoffs start today. Um, we have to be excited for this team. I, I said two years they'll be doing their thing. It was realistic because so many guys, it was realistic because so many guys were young. Um, let's talk about the Bryce Harper thing today. I know y'all want to know about Bryce Harper. Um, he'll be a Philly. I think it's like LeBron James going to L.A. I think it's written in stone. I think he'll be the next Philadelphia superstar. You know, and, and I did my homework real hard on this. And I think Washington's disrespecting him. Or did, he, did he say something to him? How do you put him on a damn waiver wire? Excuse my crazy French here, but um, how do you put a superstar? I don't, like, what are they doing to make him mad? Um... Uh, people wonder why we didn't get Bryce, Bryce Harper. The, the the Dodgers were in line. This is reported by NBC Sports in Philadelphia. The Dodgers were in line to get Bryce Harper. But, I mean, that, that's who's going to get him. Because they were several spots ahead of the Phillies in the waiver order. The Phillies would have definitely got him. And that's, that's no doubt about it. And looking at Manny Mercado and, and, and Harper... Who are looking like a two big fish that Philly supposedly, but they say Mercado could go to the Yankees, but hey, Mercado could go to Philly too. We can just see what happens. But I really don't see nothing happening to a guy like um to, to a guy like Franco right now. Miguel Franco is can you um really look at this guy and, and, and say something's wrong with Mikael Franco right now? And I heard a lot of things about him. And yeah, I start thinking too, you know. Mikael Franco and what he was going to do. But Mikael Franco has been one of the best players. If you look at 
full ridiculous. I mean, they did so much with people that. Miguel Franco is just just proud of his For 32 years old, he's coming in, putting in that work. All right. And that was a great trade. Then you talk about Carlos Santana. Now, I'm here to say, stop talking so bad about Carlos Santana, man. I understand what y'all saying about this guy. I, I could, oh, he's supposed to be hitting this and that. But can y'all look at his numbers? Where are y'all looking at? Shout out to Carlos Santana too, man. He doing look 220. We know about the average, and that's because he started out late. But look, his 90 walks. He has a 352 on base percentage and a 401 slugging percentage. That don't sound like a guy. Now, if you saw that first, you wouldn't think a guy be hitting 220. He has 18 home runs and 70 RBIs. Lay off Carlos Santana right now. Like like the whole Philly Philadelphia Phillies on lay all Carlos Santana. Um, Jorge Alfaro. Let me tell you something about this guy. I'm just ready to see him more of him. He's 25. I just think he's going to end up being better and better and better. I mean, we'll see a lot more from this guy. That's why I'm glad Wilson Ramos is around to tease this guy. I think he'll be real good. Um. Scott Kingery, he's a guy who hasn't got there yet. These are guys that can learn. J.P. Crawford, he can learn. Uh, if you're looking at something, Justin Boyd is a guy that guy, I'm like, wow. What the, this guy's a power hitter. 19 home, 54 RBI this year. You just you put him in this rotation with a bunch of hitters. Look at Roman Quinn. Roman Quinn coming in out straight out of the minor leagues, but he does this all the time. He's hitting 311. He hit two for four this last game. He's hitting 311. Okay, people. I think he has all-star potential. He just has to stay healthy. Now, y'all want to talk about the future, right? Okay, we're we gonna go right to it. Okay, we're gonna go right to the future. Uh, Valsquez, you know, he didn't have such a great outing today. I, I don't, you know, he was one K in four innings, you know. Uh, in my, excuse me, three Ks in four innings. Yeah, um, excuse me, sorry about that. Hector, Hector Norris is back. Hector Norris is back. He's been doing better since he's been back. Um, Victor Areno, another guy who was one of the, he had a bad game today, but one of the Philly's big prospects, 279 yard rate. 
Adam Morgan, 4.30 ERA. He's a guy that was a starting pitcher, you know, not too bad, but he's not. He's one of those guys who's still throwing there, putting their work. Um, Ramos, two two ERA. Okay. If you really want to talk about the Phillies and what they have, and this pitching, see that's my thing. The pitching, like the pitching is crazy. You want to talk about the Phillies pitching right now? Listen, Phillies have Aaron Nola, who's basically having a side young that year. 2.24 ERA. He is 160 strikeouts. This guy's is unbelievable. Man. I love this guy. Um, Pat Nisi, since he's been back, he's virtually been unhittable. <laughs> I mean, .60 all-star. Ramos, like I say, 2.0 ERA. Okay. Um, look at Sir Anthony Dominguez. Come on, we know about him. 2.79 ERA, uh, 56 Ks, uh, 36 for Ramos. You got uh, Victor Reno, 2.79 ERA, 51 K. Jake Arrieta, we know what he's doing, having a great year. Nine and eight. You know, Nola is 14 and three. Arrieta's nine and eight. Don't let that really fool you with how good of a season he's having. Zach Effin. Can we talk about Zach Effin? Like this guy. Now he had their learning year last year. I tell you, people have to learn. You just can't let people off. He's nine and four with a 3.70 yard and 91 Ks. He's really came into his own this year. Tommy Hunter, uh, former All Star, 3.88 yard All right. Vince Valaquez. Valaquez. I mean, this is my guy, Vince V. 136 strikeouts. He's 89, 4.06 ERA. He had a rough alley coming up. Um, Luis Garcia, 4.11 ERA. Austin Davis, 4.13 ERA. Adam Morgan, 4.30. And see, when you stop right there and you say, okay, I gave you the four point guys who was doing good. Everybody I named, low four points. Guys who are doing good. But don't forget about Nick Pavetta. Nick Pavetta has been pitching some jewels this year. Nick Pavetta is 9-7 with a 4.66 yard rate. Don't let that fool you. He has 158 strikeouts. People got to watch out for this game. Like, seriously. Now, as we go in and you look at these guys and you see complete beasts. Like, complete beasts. I mean, these guys come every game. And they somehow, I mean, they've been pitching great baseball. To be so young. To be so young, guys like that pitching great baseball. The Phillies minor league was ranked like, what, seven <clears throat> in the um, major league baseball. Let's talk about the future. Now. Y'all want to talk about the future? Let's talk about the future. I think the Phillies on a great track. Bryce Harper could be in there to end up for a big free agency. World Series, I can see them doing that this year. All the Phillies have to do is um, stay within reach of what they're doing. The Phillies are not off schedule at making anything happen. Like they're right there, they're right there. So um, if you look at the Phillies now and look at what they've done, just with what they got. It was hard for them to do it last year, but they were still winning games. And I saw some 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 fight in them. You know what I'm saying? I really saw some fight. 
Um, my favorite player on this team, there's no doubt, my Nick Williams. Like, I feel like that um, Nick Williams is totally one of those type of players that the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, he, he reminds me of Dale Strawberry. Philadelphia Phillies got a, a Phillies player with this guy. They got one of those guys that's going to be rough and not, not not talk rough, but his bat is is really underrated. And then his fielding. I mean, he is a – I really believe he has superstar talent. He hasn't even seen or came into his own the most he's going to become yet. So now let's talk about this future coming up. Because the Phillies got – Mickey Moniak was that one guy. The Phillies guy was like, wow. And um, let's go into the top 30. All right? Sixto. Sixto could be coming up soon. And next year could definitely be their time. He's a number one ranked prospect there. Look at him and Nola being the two guys that do it. I mean, Sixto has it. Sixto has everything. He has everything a pitcher can have, a power, delivery. any Every pitch he throws, I mean, this guy is really going to be something to look at. I cannot wait. Six though is young. Number fifth prospect, right-handed pitching prospect. Number 17 on the uh, prospects in baseball America. He's 20 years old. We're going to see a lot from him. Alec Baum. Now, I understand people say about him, let him grow, let him do this and that. He's been getting better uh, recently. Um, Hitting with Williamsport, 203. Um, just trying to stay in there. I mean, when he first came out, he was hitting 391. Um... You know, 222, 391. Now they have him in the minor leagues hitting. And he's a third baseman. He has some power. And um, he can he can really hit. That's his big niche. Now, at Adonis, uh, Adonis Medina. Now, listen, he almost got traded. He almost got, he was definitely the big fish in the Manny Mikado trade. That just shows you how good he is. Um, he's 21. Some some people think it's estimated time is next year, too. <laughs> can you imagine Medina? Now, can you can you really really imagine Medina coming up with Sixto Sanchez? Let's give you a little pointers. His numbers is nine and three, four, three, nine, yeah, all right. But people are hitting two fifty one against him, right? He has hundred and twelve strikeouts. Sixto, four and three, two five one ERA. Right? People are hitting two twenty four against him. You know what I'm saying? If you look at this team, and we're going to really break it down. Adam, Adam Hazley, he was just drafted right after bomb. Eighth overall. He is hitting, I mean, everywhere he go, he just letting it, he's going to be up in 2019 too, maybe. You know I, mean? I think he could come up early. Who knows? We'll, we'll see, but wow. He came from Clearwater hitting 300, five home runs, seven stolen bases. He's in Reading hitting 309, five home runs. Not to mention 403 on base, 463 sucker percentage. He's doing better than he was doing at Clearwater. For his combined year, he'll be hitting 302 with 10 home runs, 7 stolen bases, 360 on base percentage. For, I mean, Adam Hazy, watch out for this guy. He's already in Reading. He was just drafted last year. Mickey Moniak didn't even move up this quick. Jojo Romero, he's with the fighting fields. He is a 76 uh, win loss. He is a 3.80 ERA. He's a 241 
People are hitting against him, though. That's big. 100K. Now, look for JoJo Romero, man. I mean, this Redding, soon Medina's going to be in Redding. And so is Sixto. And if JoJo, JoJo, I think will still be there. That's crazy. That's a crazy squad. Mickey Maniak, I think he'll be forced to move up. The more he hits, there's five home runs. He's back to hitting. He was hitting low at first. Now he's hitting 263, 6 stolen bases. If Mickey Maniak starts to hit next year, he'll be in double A too. There's no doubt in my mind. He'll be in double A. He'll be right there with Hazel. He had a 380 slugging position, 296 on base percentage. Yeah, probably has to get better at his walks, but Mickey Maniak has it. I mean, this guy, something to watch for uh, coming up. And that's just the six guys we're talking about that were, that, you know, um, included. Maniac could take two years to come up. So could Hazley. I mean, I think I don't think they're going to rush Hazley. I think the guys you got to watch out for now are Sixto and Medina. That pitching is just crazy right now. Crazy. Uh, Jolene Ortiz. I think Ortiz will end up being in Reading next year, too. Why not? Let's see what happens. Unless they're waiting for Mickey Maniac and the other guy, like, you know, he's 19. So they can take their time. Let him come up in two years. Um, He's elite. He has power. He has super, super power. And he can field. He's a good. He came from overseas. Philly's a good to get some international prospect. He's a guy to watch out for the next couple of years. He hasn't reached his great potential. He had a better year last year, but he's an elite prospect. People have bad years. He's having one of those. Randy Suarez. He came from Reading, and he's doing good in Lehigh. I mean, you know, he's having a little bit of struggles. People now hitting two seventy seven against him. He's two and zero. Randy Suarez also came up and did some time in the major leagues. One and one. You know, he's got a lot to learn. Look at Zach Effin. Look at Ben Lively. Look at Nick Bavetta. People had to learn. Jake Thompson. I mean, you get out there, and the only person who really significantly came in there and did super good was Nola. You know, everybody had their struggles, except Nola's always been a good to elite prospect. All right? And I think Randy Suarez is right there. Good fastball. Pretty good player. Uh, and yeah, D. Los Santos. He's another guy that went up there. He's 10 and 4, 2.56 ERA. People are hitting 221 against him. Want to know in the major leagues? Listen, watch out. This is another picture they had. I'm giving you straight glimpses of what's going on. Uh, number 10 prospect, Cole Irvin. He's 10 and 12 and 4. People are hitting 230 against him. He's in Lehigh. Watch out. He's coming. <laughs> he's coming. Were they going to put him in a bullpen? I don't know what they're going to do with all these pitches. Aquimedes uh, Gamboa, Gamboa, rank 11 for me. We see him. We see what he does. Okay, let's just keep on going. Let's see. Francisco Morales, another pitcher. Wow. I mean, he was doing great. Now he's going kind of. He's a guy to watch out for in the future. You know, he's 18. Another international prospect. They get a good one. Luis Garcia, shortstop. You know, he's hitting 363. This is a shortstop they got. Uh, we know Roman Quinn, Dylan Cousins. It's time for him to come up. Now, when he comes up, watch out. Because he's going to hit home runs. That's just what he does. And I think he starts next year on Lehigh to get even better. Because once he gets even better, he'll be a basher. He'll be a home run hitter, that's for sure. Uh, Jose Gomez. Uh, Cal Young. Uh, this guy, uh, 20-year-old. 3-3, 2-9-8 ERA. I'm just giving you the future of Philly right now. Okay, Spencer Howard's 8-8. Eight eight. People hitting 231 again. 3.92 Yari. Another pitch in the trenches. Um, 
another guy, um, David Parkinson, moved up. And he's 2-0, oh ERA. I mean, what do you do with a guy? Guys are hitting 143 against this guy. Who is this guy? Who? He's good, though. Wow, how do they get these guys? Drew Anderson, 8-4. Uh, 3.75 yard rate. People hitting 235 against them in the minor leagues. Triple A. Cal Doey. Can we talk about this guy? Thank you. Let's do it. He could be the future closer of the Phillies. The man has a great fastball. High 90s fastball. High to mid, mid to high 90s. He's now in Redding. 1 and 3, 5.71. But before that, he was unhittable. Man, this guy has a total of 10 saves. Throughout the whole, so what I do believe, he is one and three with a five seven one ERA, but people hit one fifty five against him. Ain't that funny? <laughs> and, and ready, so watch out for this guy. I mean, people, he's twenty one. He could be up there very soon in twenty nineteen. This guy can pitch. Cornelius Randolph, I just want to see more from him. I think he has talent. He hasn't released it yet. I mean, he's number eight pick, number ten pick in twenty fifteen draft. Um. There are so many uh, players on this team that are great prospects. Super great prospects. Um, I mean, wow. It's crazy. You look at the, I mean, the top 30 is just so talented. So much upside in this. One guy, one guy, uh, I was going to say to my guy, football guy, Ed Kratz, that one of his comments that Phillies don't have any elite prospects. Okay, let me break that down for y'all. Okay. Elite prospects are not going to dominate every year. That's the first thing. Now, Sixto Sanchez, Alec Bond, Dennis Medina, Adam Hazley. These are all guys who are on Baseball America, who, who are top prospects. Now, the first three are top prospects in Baseball America. Okay, Adam Hazy's right there. He was a number eight pick overall. Ginger Romero, he's been good for a very long time with Philadelphia Phillies. He's an elite prospect. Okay, he's 21. Mickey Maniac with the number one pick overall. He's an elite prospect. Okay, he's only his second year. He's doing good this year. Ortiz, one of the top international guys to come over. Forget the 224. We can talk about last year. I'm not going to bring up last year. This guy is definitely an elite prospect. Just touching the surface of his talent. Things happen. That's what it is. Ranger Suarez, he's been brought up. He's an elite talent. Y'all can tell me he's not if you want. Look at his numbers and look what he's done. And he's been in the major leagues getting tested. To me, that's an elite prospect. You've already moved up. You moved. That's it. And yeah, D. Los Santos, look at his numbers. I don't got to say no more. Cole Irvin, look at his numbers. I ain't got to say no more. Since you want to talk about numbers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, that's it. I think their first 10 is the elite. And, and Luis Garcia, Francisco Morales, Roman Quinn. Elite prospects. In my opinion, you want me to tell you who's elite? That's it. We're not going to talk about who is rated here. Roman Quinn has been doing work for a minute. Just because his injury sent him back don't mean nothing. Now he's back in the pros doing the same thing. If that's not an elite prospect. Come on, Luis Garcia. He was one of the top international players, and they got him, and he's doing good. But that's not an elite prospect. Francisco Morales. He was up, now he's down. I mean, they spent a lot of money on Francisco Morales, and he's one of the top 30 guys. 
that's an elite prospect. Spencer Howard. Um, he's not elite, but he's one of those guys who's there. He was almost, you know, a first round. He could have been a first round draft pick. And I mean, you go down to those guys and, and you start seeing what they have. Drew Anderson, he's ain't an elite prospect. Cal Doey, uh, Randolph is no longer well. He's in between, man. Um, once you've been in this this league for three years and you haven't stayed in the top ten, I don't think you're an elite prospect anymore. I think he's a good prospect, no doubt. Um, Kevin Gowdy, I mean, he he what now? Listen, y'all have to understand. Same thing with Spencer Howard. He's in the same position, but Kevin Gowdy was a top ten prospect. So we have to see him more, but he's an elite prospect. He's an elite. And once he comes back and start playing with his playing ability, 20 years old, uh, I understand this injury is serious, but people have came back. We'll see what happens. But if he comes back to pitching as he pitches, Kevin Gowdy's the one guy at the bottom who's definitely an elite prospect. So that's it. Everybody else, no, ain't no elite prospects there. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. People who I've named who said they are, they're certainly guys. Then, like I said, Bryce Harper, boom. Uh, so much can happen. All right, y'all, we're going to come back, take another break, and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about these Eagles. And we're going to get on the subject of the future of these flies. Let's go. Be back. Follow leader. We are back, follow the leader. In the shape, we're talking about these Eagles, man. Ain't it so fun to talk about the Eagles going in as Super Bowl champions in the season, Eagle fans? Seriously. You talking about Philadelphia sports right now. Let's talk about the Eagles. Let's go straight to the future with it. Now, the Eagles have got people locked up for a long time. I mean, you look at what the Eagles temporarily really did last year. Uh, Carson Wentz, 3,296 yards. Through a long, his longest pass is 72 yards. I'm pretty sure one of y'all remember that one. Through so many, I, I don't, 72. Wow. 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions with a 101.9 rating. He was headed to that point. Right, Carson Wentz rushed for 299 yards. He's a beast. Um, Jay Jai's here. He had 480 yards last year with us. Um, 5.8 yards per carry for 20-yard touchdown, 20-yard run, one touchdown. Ajahi also caught four, uh, 10 receptions for 91 yards. Now, let's talk about his whole season. I don't even think nobody even recognized that wasn't his whole season. Yeah, 173 yards rushing. And, um... 24 receptions. And all was two touchdowns. Now, the thing is, he came here and became a game changer. It's, it's no, when you look at the tape right of him, it's like crazy. But if you actually watch the game, 
when looking at the tape, you know what type of runner he is. But watching where we was before him, we had the Garrett Blunt, who was our leading rusher last year with 766 yards. But Jai had more than him overall. But the big thing was that Ajayi upped his game. Once the team relied on him and let him be Ajayi, it was over with. It was just totally over with. In the postseason, he had 184 rush yards, 4.4 yards per carry, six receptions, seven yards. You think that's nothing, right? Watch the postseason when he did that. Just watch it. 184 yards, excuse me, 184 yards. Like over three-game period. Against Atlanta, against Minnesota. It's New England. He was a beast. Now you're going to bring him in to be that guy. To me, he runs. Saquon Barkley reminds me of him. Saquon Barkley is faster. But their running style is almost the same. They both quick. They, they head out. And when they're gone, they're gone. Ajahi is going to be the number one rusher in the NFC this year. No, you're talking about the Super Bowl champions. They need Ajahi to be it. He came here. He was it. 5.8 yards per rush. Listen to me, 5.8 yards per rush. 20 long runs. Corey Clement, 4.3 yards per rush, 321 yards rushing. Okay, he had 221 yard, 20-plus yard burst, four touchdowns. He got the ball 10 receptions, 423 yards, and got two touchdowns. 320-plus yard catches. Y'all saying he's not a premier back. What does he have to do to you? What? Catch 100, 100 yards in the Super Bowl? He did that. Uh, even though he had 33 yards rushing in the postseason, he still was 5.5 yards per rush. 10 receptions for 139 yards. That's where he really killed. 13.9 yards per catch. A 55-yard bomb touchdown. Listen. Corey Clement is a beast. And see, now you're going to have to handle all three of those guys. Right? All three of them. What are you going to do with all three of those guys? All right. Now you go down here. And the crazy part is when those small woods, you know, it was all right. 220 plus yard burst. I mean, if he comes back, he's a good runner. But that's just the depth of Philly. You can just throw him in there. You'd be like, oh. When the fourth running back that can run doesn't have no pressure on him. He just got to go do what he can do, and he can do that. But then you got Matt Jones who's sitting there. These are two guys that's fighting for their last position. I don't know if Pumphrey going to make it now, man. I mean, these two guys, they was top running backs coming out of their cells out of college. So now you got these. Then Josh Adams. Watch out for him. You know what I'm saying? That's just a depth. But the future looks at um, Mike Wallace, right? We want to really talk about this roster. Can we talk about this crazy Roster, this crazy, crazy roster right now. Philly has a lot of people locked up, and then you start right here with this team. Um, Zach Ertz, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, Jay Jai—he's a guy that they'll sign him and Graham are two priority. Carson Wentz, uh, Nick Foles, and Nick Foles go, but you still got Nate Sudfield. This guy proves he can do it. I knew coming out of Indiana he was going to do something. Be a, be a, a I, I said productive backup, I thought. Looks like one. Um, Brandon Brooks. 
Lane Johnson. Peters could be gone. We don't know when, but he's here now. Jason Kelsey. Steve Wazinski. These guys is young. They can get all these guys locked up and just go ahead and do what they do. Matt Pryor is a rookie. They drafted this year that has been showing up to play guard and center. Big V. So if that's real, that's two guys. I don't know if they'll keep Isaac, man. Isaac. Uh, Isaac don't seem like he want to play like he want to be here. You know what I'm saying? We, they drafted him, and he could, we could play all five positions, and he never got to it. I, just don't, I, don't, I don't understand where he's at right now or where his head is at, but he might be off the team. Uh, we'll just have to see what happens. There's Nelson Aguilar coming on, being the type of beast he was last year. Yeah, he called for 62 receptions, 768 yards, and eight touchdowns. I mean, he was dynamic by any sense of the word, and he almost went for a thousand yards. But people just shared the ball. They shared the ball. Josh Adams is 6'2", showing a lot. Donald Pumphrey is just not hanging with people. Just not doing it, man. It's just, it's just not strange. Day. Kamar Aiken, y'all want to talk about him? Uh, Kamar Aiken, 6'2", 216, We'll see what happens. If he stays the team, that's a good vet. And I think they might just keep him because he's a vet. You know. Um, yeah, other guys on this team, um, Dallas Golder, the rookie, 6'5", 256. I just don't really know where to go on it because this guy can catch like he can catch that could be another big problem for anybody I mean this guy can catch 6'5", 256 he can catch with Zach Ertz that's just crazy Marcus Wheaton you forget who he was coming in he's coming in the team Mike Wallace Mike Wallace caught 52 catches for 748 yards and 4 touchdowns last year um 14.4 yards per catch. But y'all forget who he is, right? Do y'all forget who Mike Wallace is this year? Receptions. 72 receptions. 1,017 yards with Baltimore the year before that. Yeah, 39 receptions. And on one year where he set back with Minnesota, 473 yards. And they didn't know what they was getting. That's what that was. But he was with Pittsburgh. He, he was with Miami. He went off with Miami. It's 12.9 yards per catch. 12.7. 862 yards receiving. 930 yards receiving. When he's with Pittsburgh, he was a monster. 72 catches for 1,193 yards. 60 receptions for 1,256 yards. His rookie year was 39 catches for 756 yards. I mean, seriously, people forget who this guy is. They do. This guy can be one of those type of players who can take the game over. You know, when Wentz or Foles gets a ball to you, I mean, they just make it you so much better than what you are. He's already one of the best burners in the league. All right. We, we go to Darren Sproles and we just forget who this guy is. Like, seriously. If y'all remember his last year when he was fully healthy, okay? 5'6", 
I'm cold. Five, six. Excuse me, I'm sick with y'all, and I'm putting this news to y'all live and direct, all right? Five, six. All right? He has a year last year that kind of, kind of resembled the, the last productive year. You got to think about that. Year. The last productive year from him. Stats. And I had to give y'all this night and this news, man. I didn't care. I didn't care at all. I said, listen, man, I wanted to lay out. I said, no, Philadelphia needs this night. Philadelphia needs this night, man. So we're going to be live here. We're once again the Foul Leader Podcast. Um, and we're here talking about the Eagles. Now, back to my boss, bro. Just had to let y'all know how hard, you know, this night really weighs on my head for the Philadelphia fans and the Penn State fans to see about their future. Before anybody else talks. Okay. And how great this state and city and these programs have been doing. Now, Philadelphia Eagles, we come back with the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Philadelphia Eagles. Are going to be one of those type of teams that are going to really come and dominate. But there's only one team, the Rams. I think that I'm scared of, but um, I'm really scared of that team in a big way. You know what I'm saying? But uh, not too much. But just a lot of the stuff that they got. But they don't have the chemistry that we got. But I don't like anybody to compete with the Eagles. Not right now. Now we're coming off a Super Bowl. I don't like anybody to compete with the Eagles. So um, now talking about the future because we're about to wrap it up. A part one of Philadelphia and Penn State program. Listen. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to be super great. And like I say, the last productive year that he had, think about it, 438 yards and receiving, 427 yards receiving. I mean, that's crazy for Darren Sproles. Crazy. I mean, that's just him being, I mean, think about it. He's not even the main back. And, and when he went down and got hurt, Sproles was averaging 4.1 yards per carry and 10.4 yards per reception with 73 yards and 61 yards rushing. People think he won't be back. Then Sproles is back. They already said he looks good in practice. Team going to be super great. They're going to be dominating certain games. Okay? Like I said, the Rams and um, the Vikings, I like them. I like Carolina. NFC is tough. They're tough in the AFC. And to let you know about this defense and Jordan Hicks being back and these guys being young, Sidney Jones, Jalen Mills. I mean, the only spot that's older is the safeties. You know, then, you know, um, the, the, the defensive line set up for success. So once again, y'all, I will be back to talk to y'all on part two. We will get into it tomorrow. And right now, y'all get the Philadelphia way. Ending with the Eagles being, I mean, they could be Super Bowl champs for at least three out of the next five years. Signing off, follow the leader. Thought I was finished. Part two, baby, we here, follow the leader back. I'm here, man, I want to give y'all this, man. 
I told you last segment ended it. I was kind of sick, you know, cold. But um, it is what it is. I'm in Arkansas, man. So the heat is it's raining all crazy. The heat crazy. The heat don't want to go away. It keep coming back on and off. So, you know, me, I'm, I'm always working. So, I came here today. You know, uh, being a recruiting analyst is my second job. Um, you know, my first job, I, I work at a country club. Shout out to uh, Little Rock Country Club. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I, I, I'm always working doubles and, and working and I come out and I still write. I still find time to write and talk and do a lot of things, man. I want to pay homage to a couple of um, guys who I feel like is important in uh, sports and, 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 and analysis and just anything. I mean, commentators, um, analysts. Stephen A. Smith was probably the first um, guy that He's one of the first guys that got me. I, I got to say that. Bill Conley was the first guy. I, I like to watch his show called Sports Reports, and I liked it. And uh, Stephen A. Smith was, um, he was one of them guys, man. One of them guys. That uh, got Stuart Scott was, was one before Stephen A. I saw Stephen A. But Stephen A. was it, man. He's, he's the best out to me. He's the best. And um, he motivates a lot of vision analysis and work and want people to step their game up and I, I thank him for being the type of person he was uh Chris Berman man Chris Berman man he's a legend um love and shouts out to him man I think nobody can do it like him uh like I say Bill Collins Stephen A Chris Berman um Mike Mayock yo let me tell you something when you watch that guy and, and it's a draft analysis he's 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 great he just does his thing I think he's the best one. And um, Deion Sanders, keep this man on TV, please. Keep Deion Sanders on TV, man. We cannot, no, just cannot have Deion Sanders off of the NFL. It's just, pay this man something. Somebody say, is he, listen, don't let him leave. That's it. Jamel Hill, come on, man. They got to stop hating on Jamel Hill. And then you're going to take Jamel Hill and Michael Smith away from, like, I just didn't get that. I, I just think it was so much hate, man. But homage to y'all. Y'all are the greatest. Do your thing and keep rocking. All right. Now, let's talk about the Philadelphia Flyers. I want to talk more about, uh, I want to get on the Eagles a little more on this segment. I want to start it out. Um, the defensive line is too good right now in this era and, and they still have Jernigan who we know he got the injury Fletcher Cox just to have him to lead and Brandon Graham who they will sign with Derek Barnell on the other side like that line those three for years now we don't know Jernigan's I don't think Jernigan's just down I don't think he's out down and out I think Jernigan's too good I think that line will be around for years Destiny Veo another guy people don't even understand this guy Oh, how good he is. Like, I think you hear a lot about certain athletes, and you forget Destiny Vejo was a beast. I mean, in college. I mean, seriously. 
Destiny Vejo is one of those type of guys who is going to help with this depth. Elijah Carl, don't know where he's going to go in the whole situation, but once again, he's young. Um, Josh Sweat, another young guy in there. So we got young pieces in there that can do something. Bruce Hector, I'm hearing about him. But right now, this team is deep. Super deep. Chris Long, Michael Bennett, um, Destin Vejo, um, Elijah Qualls, Haluli Nada. You thought, I mean, come on, man. Josh Sweat was one of the top five recruits coming out. Now he's blossoming in camp. This is a dangerous line. And Jordan Hicks and Nigel Bradham are going to be this team for years. Uh, Nathan Jerry, he's doing great in camp. They let you know that, that's your linebacker right there. That's three young linebackers. You got Sidney Jones, Jalen Mills, uh, Avante Maddox. Um, I don't know if Devontae Bosby makes it. He's not old either. He's another youngster if he makes it. I think he will. Uh, Ronald Darby, who could be going next year, he's young. But Sidney Jones, Jalen Mills, Russell Douglas, Avante Maddox, they're staying. They're there. That, that's that's. Now, Michael Jenkins and Rashawn McLeod ain't going nowhere. They're staples. They're staying there until somebody takes over for them. Trey Sullivan and Jeremy Reeves are some guys to watch out for. They're playing good in camp. Safeties. Jesus. Corey Graham with this team this year. Going to be a good season, y'all. I was telling you about Dan Sproles because last time he played, he really did some things. He did some super things. He did some super things with Philly anytime he's on the floor, on the, on the field. So, now you get him, uh, Mike Wallace, Dallas Goldberg back. Jesus. And like and like I said, for the future, Philly has Carson Wentz. They have Alshon Jeffrey. Jay Ajahi, I have no doubt they'll sign him up. He's young. And they still have Corey Clement backing up him. All right? Um, Mac Hollins. Shelton Gibson is showing out. Can you imagine if them two are the, the future? They just drafted the future. 6'4", Mac Hollins. And Shelton Gibson, they can both take over and be two and three if Nelson Aguilar doesn't sign. That's a lifesaver. That's a lifesaver. This year they got Marcus Wheaton, and I think they should keep Kamar Aiken just for a veteran use and six two four four five. Why not? If they don't, then you know it ain't gonna hurt them. But I just you know Richard Rogers, uh, Zach Ertz, and I mean we just want to talk about just how dynamic this team is trying to become right now, and they're going to be. Now, the Flyers are a team that is just ungodly right now. As far as young talent, I mean, they have one of the best farm systems in in the hockey right now. And realistically, I mean, last year was a tough year. A tough year for the Flyers, you know. They're going to be great for the future. Ivan uh, Pro, I mean, he's just fantastic. Ivan Pro, that's what I call him. I'm, Ivan Pro is one of those type of guy that is looking like an all-star. He, he could be a legend. like He could be a Hall of Famer type player. This guy is just touching the surface of his talent. And he moved quick. Now, any first-round pick I'm thinking about, Nolan Patrick and Ivan, Nolan Patrick was, <laughs> I guess he was the number you know, two pick, number one, number two pick. And, you know, when you're a top two pick, I mean, wow. You know that you're going to get on the field. And he he really, he showed something. He showed something big. He really showed something big um, in his time on the ice. He had his ups. He had his downs. Like any rookie. Like what, what rookie doesn't have ups and downs? But he did. And, and, and the crazy part was how the Flyers got that. 
I really think the flies, how they got that guy in the situation they're in now, that was almost super lucky. I mean, I did not see how the flyers were so able to get a a top two draft pick prospect. And they're already like, they're not bad. The team, the the farm system. I think that's what put their farm system over the the, the whole. Uh, just just tipped it over. Excuse me. I mean, Jesus. All right. Um. If we are talking about the flyers, the first thing I'm gonna do, we are gonna get to this roster. I'm gonna tell you where they're at. And right now they were forty two and twenty six last year. Uh, forty two, twenty six, and fourteen last year. And if you look at this roster this year. Uh, Sean Contouria. Y'all excuse me for pronouncing that wrong if I didn't. I mean, I've seen this guy bang it out big time. Claude Giroux is my guy. This guy is one of the best players in the league. I said it for the minute. Claude G and Sean C are my guys. You know what I'm saying? Now, the thing is here, when Claude had that great year last year, scoring 34 goals. Now, before he had 102 points, a lot of people was on his neck. They were on him very hard. I don't really see where um, that happened because he shut him up now. And in the postseason, he was doing good. He turned to a big-time hockey player like everybody knew he was. He doubted him. That's, when you doubt a Philly player, man, it, y'all going to stop doubting Philly. All right. Now, the future is because they got Travis K. You know what I mean? They got Travis Connecting. They got Scott Lawton. Uh, Danik Martell was a big man, a big-time Lehigh Valley guy. I mean, he just kept scoring. I'm glad. I want him to make this team, man, because I think that's the one nobody really recognized. Nolan Patrick, Jordan Will. Jordan Will. Just quit playing like this guy. He needs to get a, a – listen, he's a good player. Watch what he does next year, all right? Other guys, 24-year-old Tyrell Goldburn. Taylor, Taylor Lear. Taylor Lear is 24. Michael Raff was 29. They got JVR back. 29. JVR is back? Are you serious right now? They got JVR back. How'd they pull that off? They got him. 36 goals last year. Um, He was drafted originally a flyer. Originally a flyer. Um, Cole Bardro, 25. Um, Wayne Simmons is still 29, who I think people need to stop talking mess about. Like, Listen. Wayne Simmons had 24 goals, 22 assists. What did y'all want this guy to have real quick? I mean, this shouldn't be why you would want him to be out. I just think people are, are crazy to take a guy that would be. He's a championship guy. Uh, Jacob Verucic, career year last year. I mean, I think he was capable of having that year. He just took up where uh, Wayne Simmons wasn't. TJ Brennan, see... Another guy who scored a lot of goals before he came to the Flyers. I mean, he's another guy to watch out for. Just watch out for this guy, okay? He can really score. And then you got uh, Shane Gosberg, Radko Gugis. Radko Gugis is another guy that's helped Shane the Ghost. He's helped Ghost a lot, man. Radko is a vet that can play. Robert Hague, wait till you see this guy coming and do good. Samuel Morin, 
All the questions about him, no. He's an enforcer. Him and Hag are enforcers. Ivan Pro, Travis Sanheim. These guys are all young. I remember seeing these guys be prospects. Morin, Pro, Sanheim, Hag. They were all prospects at the same time. Now they on. Uh, Stolars, Newverf, Elliot, and Lion. Now listen. I think I just want to see Lion and Stolar, Stoli. That's it. I cannot. I mean, other guys are here, but I'm just like, listen, man. I want to see those guys because, you know, I've been seeing them in the rankings as being this and that. Let these guys play, but I think this will be the last year. We'll see a new verse for Elliot. It wasn't too bad from him, but, you know, injuries at the end. And this was a team that just wasn't ready. I think the Flyers did great last year. It's no doubt. But with these young guys still there, all it does is say that the Flyers, are um, another team that's going to be young and go, and, and going to be ready to compete with anybody because these guys haven't even broke yet. Um, this Christian Follin, uh, Follin, excuse me, um, if I say it wrong, Follin, Follin, 6'3", 214, three goals, 10 assists. Now, he comes in to help him out, and that might have been a good move more so because the chemistry of the team has to be crisp on this team. I mean, it's a lot of young guys on this team. Are they going to gel? Yes. They've had one of the top minor leagues for a long time. Uh, Carter Hart is a guy you're going to have to watch out for when he comes up. They got guys like Morgan Frost, who is could be up soon. Um, they have so many talented prospects, and they're only going to get better. They're going to get, I mean, goodness, they're going to get, like, two better. I mean, the guy they drafted this year can score the puck. I mean, are you serious? They're going to just keep adding and adding. And, and then Ryan Hextall does a great job. I mean, this team is going to win some Stanley Cups. Now, if, if I'm judging by how teams in Philadelphia go up so fast, this team could be in the Stanley Cup this year. I mean, seriously, signing Stolars and having Lion, that could put them in the Stanley Cup this year. Now, let's talk about some college, y'all. That's right. I'm ready. Villanova. Um, listen, man. Yeah, I mean, the future of Villanova is intact. The future of Villanova is intact. Coming up this year, you got Javon Quinterly. Let's just go through this. Javon Quinterly. All right. Let's just talk about the future right quick. Let's talk about, matter of fact, let's talk about next year's team. Javon Quinterly. Without the people I said it's going to come in or, or, or Nivellova could get. They have Cole Swatter, Javon Quinterly, Sadiq Bay, Brandon Slater. That's four. You still got Dylan Painter. Big Dada, Damir Cosby Roundtree, Colin Gillespie, and Jermaine Samuels, right? But then you come in with Justin Moore, Eric Dixon. Now, tell me that don't sound like an ignorant team. That's ignorant. Now, we are going to get more recruits. As you can see, the way top this, top that, and how popular Villanova is right now. How teams see how rules change. Do they want to win before they leave? If I stay, I, mean, I want to be with at least a team that's going to try to win, have a winning environment, teach you how to be a pro. Nico Mannion said he talked to Javon Quinterly, man. He talked to Javon Quinterly. And he said, Javon said, come to Nova, man. Like, I mean, he basically said, Nova's going to teach you how to be a pro. And, t- and talk to him big time. When two, let me tell you something about recruiting. When two guys are talking on the phone, hey, we're going to see, man. And you know it had to be more than that. 
and we have Nico Mannion in the um, 2021 draft. So that's a two and done. So if that happens, it could, it could possibly be Nico and Javon on the same court. Because like I said, Jay Wright said he could play off the ball. All right, now let's think about the rest of it. Brian Antoine Sky Lewis. I've heard it all. I've heard this. I've heard that. I talked to George on George told me that they're still going to the Sky Lewis and they're still going to the Brian Antoine Hart. He said Jer- Jeremiah Robinson Earl and Isaiah Stewart Hart. Which means this. Villanova definitely wants two or three. I mean, that's the only thing, the only question in recruiting. Do they want two or three? Are they, they're going to definitely get two, I think. And they're recruiting all these guys. I think if you look at it, when they start recruiting another 6'8", 235 guy from a 6'9", 244, 245 guy, because Jer- Jerome Robinson Earl is really a, a power forward, you know. Uh, but in Villanova's offense, the way he plays, he can play the five. You may spell him and be a stretch five. So that was big. So now you're trying to get Robinson Earl possibly to play that five position. I'm just saying, look, now, Isaiah Stewart, they won him. I mean, I've been hearing so much. I, uh, my guy um, from 247 made a prediction for him. Brian, man, shout out to him. Listen, you have to understand that um, Philanova is going hard at Isaiah Stewart, number five player in the nation. So you want to come to who you think Villanova's going after? That's those four in play right now. And then you say Josh Green. Yeah. The only reason they'll go for Josh Green if Scotty Lewis doesn't commit. That's why people say, oh, I think UNC, they're saying no. You got to start looking at these crystal ball predictions too, people. I'll do another segment on that. But um, If they don't get Sky Lewis, they're going to get Josh. They're going to go after Josh Green. Hard. See, they're still recruiting Josh Green, but it's not like they're recruiting them harder than Scotty Lewis. Brian Antoine, yes. Villanova's recruiting them harder than... Well, I think he's, they're recruiting both of them equally. I think if you really look at it, I'm kind of on a whole nother... Now, I go more than Villanova Radio, but let's just look at the future. Nico Mannion, Jerome Robinson Earl, Isaiah Stewart... Brian Antoine and Scotty Lewis, Josh Green, all those guys, they're recruiting them hard. They're going to get two or three out of those guys. So be happy. All those guys are like, what? There's no low rank. All those guys are top 20 and up. They're going to get two or three out of those guys. Just two. Just to, If they get Nico Mann and Brian Antoine, he'd be like, oh, my God. Guard, you has done, done it again because Phil Booth is gone and Joe Cremo is gone. So you bring in Nico Main and Brian Antoine with Javon Quinley. Say Javon Quinley has a great year decides to leave. Nico's there. They get Brian Antoine, Sky Lewis. And then if you add Sky Lewis again, Sky Lewis is going to get that time at small forward. And then you got Brian Antoine and, and Nico. If Quinley stays, you got Nico on the bench with Colin Gillespie. That's crazy. That's retarded. That's bonkers. Then let's just say they get Nico and Scotty. Okay, well, same scenario. Check that out. Say they get, um, as one person, one source told me, they was like, well, they could be content with Antoine, um, Mannion, 
and steward. So I said, wow. This is this like the one of the um you know what this is one of the like uh, so many times I've heard that that uh these guys are so important to him. Stuart, Mannion, and Antoine. But then I hear Scotty Lewis too. A lot. Hard, hard, hard. But I've also always heard Antoine. I've always heard Stuart and I've always heard Mannion. Mannion has been ever since they gave my offer, he's been right on their radar. Um it's just a real good situation to be in. If you want to know where I think of, this is part of the future. Um, I have said countless times that Mannion, Scotty Lewis, and Brian Antoine. I just, now, it's true that Florida could get them. Everybody says Kentucky, Scotty Lewis. No. Scotty Lewis could go um, to Florida over Kentucky. Everybody's saying Kentucky. I don't know where y'all getting this from. He likes Calipari, but Florida has a better. I think Villanova is Villanova in Florida. I think he likes Calipari, and they, they'll be one of the three. But I think Villanova is just it. I think it's Villanova. I think it's Scotty Lewis and Brian Antoine. And I think Nico Mannion and somehow Isaiah Stewart. You know what I mean? I mean, so Isaiah, it's three parts, three, three players they can get. But with them going after so many players, we just have to really see where that goes. Um, I think Isaiah Stewart is right there. I think Isaiah Stewart is right there. And if I said Nico Mannion, but it's either Nico or, or Isaiah Stewart. I think Jer- Jerome Robinson, excuse me, Jer- Jeremiah Robinson Earl only commits if Isaiah Stewart don't commit. I think they go after him harder if Isaiah Stewart don't commit. I think that's a precaution for them. Now they're in the top five. Now you got Isaiah Stewart. He's very important. And I really think Villanova could get him with uh, Brian. I think it's going to be a mixture of those four right there. That's it. If 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 um, I really believe in the Nico Mannion, Brian Antoine, and Isaiah Stewart prediction, if Scotty Lewis doesn't commit. But I think Scotty Lewis rolls with his boy because they're with each other every day. That's a school they go to more together than any school. If nobody's been watching this, you have to watch this. And then 2020. Listen, Jalen Green, man, Memphis is doing a great job recruiting him. Jeremy Roach has on, been on Villanova's radar hard for 2020. Shea Evans, shout out to Team Melo. Let me tell you something. Watch out for him getting uh, um, um, getting an offer. Scotty Barnes, watch out for him getting an offer. Um, it's just going to be a lot of uh, great stuff coming out this Villanova class uh, for, for the next years. And next year's class, where I think there'll be a great contention for the championship, because just looking at this team right now, all right? Cosby Roundtree is no joke to mess with. He's no joke. Dylan Painter, 6'10", can do it too. You bring in Cole Swider, you bring in Jermaine Samuels, you bring in Brandon Slater, you bring in Justin Moore, you bring in Eric Dixon. That's a deep team. They're a championship team. Because then you got Jermaine Samuels, Kyle Gillespie, and Dada still with that team. Quinterly, uh, Slater, Swider, Bay, they all have. Don't don't forget about Sadiq Bay. That's the 2019 team. And then we're still not finished. Do you know the other players that could be? I think Scotty, I think Bay could get red shirted. 
if if Villanova doesn't go after Scotty Lewis, they go after Josh Green. And and seriously, if they don't get Scotty Lewis, they're going after Josh Green. They're talking about the three, this and that. They're going to go after Josh Green. But at the same time, if if it's just Nico, Brian Antoine, and Stewart, that could actually happen. If Sky Lewis doesn't commit, then I could see that happening. I could see Nico Mannion as a as a um because Arizona's still on his heels. No matter what's going on right now, Arizona is still on his heels. Arizona is still trying to get Nico Mannion. It's like, okay, since Villanova broke into the loop, that all of a sudden that Arizona's been forgot about. I think that's crazy. You have to know that Arizona is still trying for Nico Mannion hard. It's probably one of the reasons why Nico Mannion even um, decommitted because of that. And we're going to see a lot of this coming up. Like I said, um, he's being recruited by Mark Phelps out of Arizona. Let's just let this. They want Nico. They want him bad. He visits October 11th through 13th. But if we are talking about certain individuals, okay, um, if you go to Villanova's recruiting and you look at what they have, right now they have the seventh ranked class in the nation, right? But at the same time, we're looking at so many. Brian Antoine is a guy that people are talking about with Villanova. There's no doubt that some people feel like he's a leader. And I'm really tripping and looking at a lot of the judgments. Because the last prediction was July of 24. Excuse me. The last prediction was August the 17th, and it said Kentucky. Next up, recruits. But there's all Villanova has, Brian Antoine and Sky Lewis have went to Villanova so many times. So I really don't get those predictions and they're not coming up. And then I see the, I get the sources, right? And I get the sources saying that Antoine is looking at Nova. Then we look at the, the now we look at the crystal ball and we look at Scotty Lewis. And Scotty Lewis has an 11% rate of Villanova. Now, who has picked Villanova? On April 29th, Dylan Prescott of Next Step Recruits said Villanova. And that has been the only guy that has picked Villanova. Well, the thing is this. Not all the experts I tell people. These crystal ball predictors are some good good predictors, but not everybody is really all the guys who know things on crystal ball, but these guys are good. Now, what I'm trying to tell you about this is that Villanova has that in their hands right now. Uh, Malik Hall, he releases uh, teams. Villanova's not in there, so he's out. Isaiah Stewart, he definitely likes Villanova. There's no doubt. Listen, people better watch out. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Um, the last I was saying about Isaiah Stewart and, and, and where he's at and um, 
how much he likes Villanova. People have to start looking at these teams, man. I don't even think they really be looking at what they say they're looking at. I mean, people speculate and they guess. But you have to watch the movement of these guys on these rosters, these recruits. All right, Josh Green still rolling. Listen, Nova's still in. They are still in good hands around him, but you still got to watch out with Josh Green. Is he going with Nico Mannion? Nico's just one of those good players, man. And uh, Villanova has a pick for him, so this is just going to be real fun to watch. It's be real fun to watch, seriously. Uh, Villanova's going to get I say two, like I say, two or three recruits Villanova's going to get. I know a couple of guys right now, like Seth Lundy, and if they put a hard press on Isaiah Wong, they can come. Anthony Harris, if they offer him a Scott, an offer right now. And don't forget Cole Anthony is going to visit. I can see a couple of people, Anthony Walker, if they offer him right now. I feel like Villanova, it's, it's, they got him. Villanova hasn't even offered Joseph Gerard. That's why you know he came in. Villanova didn't even offer him. And I think it's a big shot they could have got Joseph Gerard. Uh, Naheem McLeod. If Villanova offers Naheem McLeod right now, he would go there. Villanova can get three recruits if they want it. So I, it's going to be three. It's going to be three. It's a lot of guys. Dante Scott, Tariq Ingram. If, if Nova wants three recruits, they're going to get it. They're just going for the big fish. Sky Lewis, number nine in, in the nation. Brian Antoine, number 10 in the nation by 247. These are all 247 rankings. I'm yelling out. Um, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, number 18. All right. Josh Green, number 11. Nico Mannion, number 17. Isaiah Wong, number 83. Such a great. I mean, he came up so great this year. Just, I'm just so proud of that guy, Isaiah Wong. Um, these are the guys with offers who have, you know, Villanova's in their top schools. Isaiah Stewart, number five. Oh my gosh. I want Isaiah Stewart over anybody right now. I, I just want Isaiah Stewart, Brian Antoine, and Scotty Lewis. That's that's one, that's nine, ten, and five. Five, nine, and ten. I want those three. If I want anybody, that's what I want. But I'm I'm giving y'all also the realistic basis of what's going on. And what I hear. That's why I put Nico Mayan in it because I talked to Halkovich. He mentioned Nico Mayan. He also said the Rio Boys, which the first name he mentioned when I said, I mean, the Rio Boys. You know what I mean? You want those guys. Sky Lewis and Brown Antoine. And he said Nico Mayan. So there's three guys. And then, you know, I, I text him, talk to him. He said J- J- Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, and, and Isaiah Stewart, they are recruiting them hard. So those are the five guys right there. They, I said they like Josh Green, though. They like him. So, like I said, these five guys are the ones they're recruiting the hardest. And depending on who who um, commits last is where they're going to go with that. Now, when we come back, we talk Penn State, baby. We talk Penn State, baby. Um, we talk some Villanova football, and we're going to talk some Penn State football. And we're going to talk some Penn State basketball. Let's get down. We back.
Yes, yeah, let's talk about. We're gonna go through some things quick. First thing we're gonna do. Let's talk about the Big Five first. We're gonna go to the Big Five. Uh, Temple. I remember when Dre Perry came out. Uh, Nate Pierre Lewis, J.P. Mormon is the guy I like. This team is a team to watch out for. LaSalle, Pookie Powell's back. Um, Ashley Howard's the coach. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, they have some. They have um, David Beatty there, and this 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 LaSalle team is gonna get very dangerous. Okay, Tracy Carter's over there. This is going to be a dangerous team. Watch out. St. Joe's, Longpre, Taylor Funk. They have some good players coming to their team. Um, Charlie Brown. St. Joe's is going to be a tough team. Believe that. Penn. Wow, wow, wow. Um, this is my guy. I can't wait to see him explode and play a great uh, Gerard Simmons. I mean, this team has... I'm so glad Pennsylvania is back. Um, definitely, definitely going to be a team to watch out for. We've already covered Villanova. Um, Drexel. Drexel basketball. Listen, Drexel did a decent job last year, man. And I think um, that you have to watch out for them. They'll, they'll be tough, and they really tried last year. You're looking at Drexel's um, team. Kirk Lee's back, Sam Green, uh, Jarvis Doles. Um, it's going to be something to see these guys play. New guys um, that came in. Um, just watch that. Tim Perry Jr. is another guy, redshirt freshman. Just watch out for their team to be, uh, they're going to compete. No doubt about it, they're going to compete. Let's talk about um, Villanova football. First thing I'm going to get to, Villanova football with Zach B and Rob Rollback. That's big. There's the future of this team to have Crowder Ismail, Connor Watkins, um, Elijah Trent, um, Jalen Jackson, um, D. Will Barley. I mean, this team is going to really, really, I mean, don't be surprised if this team gets a lot of noise and start getting a lot more NFL players. Penn State basketball. Rashia Bolton, Miles Dredd. They go back and get Marion Jones, Isaiah Brockington, um, Lamar Stevens is still there. Mike Watkins is still there. Um, Satchel Pierce is still there. It's going to be a crazy, crazy team competing. I think they're going to a tournament. Um, now, Penn State football, people. We're here for Penn State football. On the last team we talk about, we talk about Penn State football. All right? I'll let you know why the Penn State is also a team in basketball and Villanova football that have gotten more and more recruits wanting to be with these teams. So Penn State's going to continue to be a tournament team as they go on. You see Tony Carley's a two-and-done. It's big for their program. And Villanova, you see more and more players get drafted. And they're getting more and more better recruits. Future is great. So, like I say, we go into Penn State and let's talk about Penn State. Now, looking at Penn State's team, Trace McSorley is wonderful. But they have Sean Clifford next, right? Then you still got Will Levi. And you still got Michael Johnson Jr. and Tyquan Robinson. That's crazy. 
that's crazy to have that type of future at quarterback. At running back, Jonathan Thomas, Mark Allen, um, and um, they'll be definitely getting reps around Miles Sanders. Who got, can y'all? This guy's a five star. He was backing up Barkley. Then they still got Ricky Slade coming and Johnny Brown. Johnny Brown had video number game in PA, a football mecca town. Underlooked, totally underlooked. Great snatch, great steal by them. And they have Devin Ford after that. It's just ridiculous. And the receivers come. You got Jawan Howard. You got you got Jawan Howard. You got DeAndre Tompkins. And now it's like Brandon Polk. People forget Brandon Polk was a four-star. A piece. A burner. He's going to be dynamic here. Like, forget, okay, KJ Hamlin's another guy. Who's going to get time, okay? So was Johan Dotson. I just believe when you start performing, uh, Franklin puts you in. So watch out how fast they beat that receiver. They still got Cameron Sullivan Brown. They still got Matt Hipper Hamlin. They still got Justin Shorter. I mean, they got John, John Dunmore this year. David Bell could be coming, all right? They got, um, oh, Jesus. Um, um. When you look at their football roster, and you got Daniel George coming, another wide receiver that they had that that was a top wide receiver in the nation. It's like they're not going to run short on playmakers. And it's like they're not going to run out either because the, the recruiting's getting better and better and better. Now, tight end. They're recruiting some good guys. We can look at that. Brent Strange, uh, Hudson Henry, Isaiah Folsky, but let's really look at um, who they got. Danny Dalton was the number one player out of New York. I told people how good this guy was going to be. Also, Nick Bowers is a good three-star tight end. He gets in there, he has size, he can, he can, he can play. That's another guy. And so they got John Holland, yeah. But Penn State has Zach Koontz and Pat Freemer sitting there waiting in the trenches. Like, Jesus, Danny Dalton is the best receiver on this team, Okay. There's no doubt that he needs to be the guy that gets the ball when it's time to catch the ball. The guy is a good, he's a good receiver. He could be drafted. Need to get his body, just got the ball, let him do his thing. He did great in camp. Let's see what happened. John Holland is a good athlete. All right. Now, CJ Holmes, they got a transfer. He's a sophomore. Jesus. Came from Northern, like, what? Um,. You look at um, where they're at in the offensive line. I just love the offensive line and where it's going. At, you know, um, you look at the guys that got recruited in the last couple of years. Right now, you have Will Fries, you have Ryan Bates, you have Michael Manet, and these guys are young. You have Connor McGovern, who's an NFL prospect, no doubt. Um, Stephen G, Stephen Gonzalez. We want to really talk about going back a class. What I'm doing right now, going back a class. 
and um, Machine Walker. That was such a great pickup for Clanker. Such a great pickup. Uh, him being gone hurts, but they got other guys who can who can step up. And, and, and I think we're forgetting about certain offensive linemen coming out this class. that people forgot about like people forgot about um not only how good Rashid Walker was but people it's like they forgot they had Frederick Scruggs and they forgot that this team even went a little bit more deeper and got Bryce Effner and he's 6'5", 285. He's going to gain. You know, he's going to get in there. He's going to battle. He's going to will it out. These two guys are on their like. I think people forget about those two guys. Rasheed Walker, Scrubs, and Brock, Bryce Efner are going to be. I mean, I can't wait till Franklin gets them suited and ready. Because now you're going to see just how good that in the 2017 class was just as good as the 2018 class. This is the future we're talking about with Penn State. Uh, Lamont Wade, I mean, we haven't seen him hit his big peak yet. C.J. Thorpe, goodness gracious. Big guy, and he's going to be another all- Big Ten player. Michael Miranda, He's he's been showing he's good. All right, shout out to Braden Franklin, who's, who's, who's transferring to Sam Houston State. I mean, wow, uh, they let a good one go right there. And um, I just hope that, you know, that doesn't happen again in this Penn State football. This guy's going to be something good. They're going to wish he had him back. Looking at the offensive line and what they have now with those guys, and then you look at what Penn State did recently in this class and trying to just add so many blue-collar guys that can really, really block. Caden Wallace was a big-time pickup. You look at Celine, Celine Warmly. These are guys that they got on this team. Anthony Wiggins. They knew they had to shore up and go up on their time on the uh, lineman. They, they, I mean, they did it. They really did it. They lost Zachary Franks, but because he ended up, you know, decommit. So this is crazy right now to look at this team going forward. Um, Defense. Now, I just believe going through the defense is just, oh my goodness. It's just crazy to go through this defense. When you go through a defense this deep, it hurts your head if you're um, if your offensive coordinator for one. Damian Barber, I can't wait to see this guy play. He's a, he's a guy that is, uh, man, Damian Barber is probably the most non-talked-about guy. He's a defensive tackle now. And see what that does is give him some more time. And make him play. Um, defensive end Ryan Buckholz is gone, but we definitely going to, and definitely going to miss his presence. I know uh, Penn State is going to definitely miss his presence in the inside. Judge Culpepper, man, he's going to be waiting in the trenches, ready to be a dog. I mean, I've seen this guy game tapes, and it's crazy. He has crazy power. Six four two ninety six. Another man, Tampa, Florida. He could be another guy to go crazy. With that team, and I feel like uh, PJ Mustafa is, is gonna be the guy 
Mustafa is the guy that, uh, Jesus, to get him as big as he is, and then you get him along the wild dog line, that's crazy. Um, you look at um, Sharif Miller and how he's going to lead that team this year. Robert Windsor is going to get his snaps this year. Uh, and um, Fred Hansen, I mean, they can say what they want. When this guy gets in the game, he's going to show exactly what he's made of. Across my toes, that's my guy. Him, Shane Simmons, and Shaq Tony. Those are the three guys. And Daniel, don't forget about Daniel Joseph. He was a, a four-star defensive end and showed what he was about. With them four guys right there, that's, they, Jason always going to get time because he's gone. Uh, don't forget about Aeneas Hawkins at defensive tackle. The defensive tackle is is more than deep. Now, I mean, they got two guys and Mustafa Hansen and, and Aeneas Hawkins who are definitely going to help this line right away, I feel. Sharif is going to be that, that I mean, there ain't too many vets left now. So he's going to be their leader. Him and, him and Windsor are going to be. Kevin Givens is still there. People forget about Kevin Givens. Kevin Givens is still a defensive tackle. And he's going to have a, a, a monster year. Him and Miller might have the most sacks on the team. But if you put Shaq or Tony or Shane Simmons and Martos on there, they're going to have a party too. So this is going to be something to see. It's going to be Givens and Windsor for the tackles, I believe. And I think it'll be Miller and Shaq Tony. I think Shaq Tony is just too good. I know they got – now, the thing is, Matos is the highest-rated prospect above them all. So you could see Matos over all of them because he is highly – oh, you know, him and Simmons are real highly rated. So we're going to see where they go with that. Matos played as a freshman, something both of them didn't do. So that might be an advantage. I think Matos or Tony. I don't think Simmons gets it. I think it's Matos or Tony. Uh, Jason Owey, I, I mean, listen, with Torrance Brown leaving and Buckholz, yes, Jason Owey is going to get a lot of snaps, man. A lot. They, I mean, those are two vets who definitely took snaps away from them guys. No, not no more. Okay, um, the linebacking core, I think people are too worried. Jane Johnson supposedly stepping up. That's big to see a guy you wasn't hearing about before step up. Um, Manny Bowen's back and all that mess you're hearing about oh it's going to be hard for him. he's going to be on that field getting plays you know it's, it's going to be a rotation thing uh, Koa Farmer's going to be a monster he might even everybody talks about Sharif Miller that's a guy you have to watch out for really breaking out he's just so good at pass rushing and he's developed his all around game Micah Parsons Jesse Duquette and Ellis Brooks are the guys I've been hearing about you know so I Ellis Brooks has been showing his his teeth, you know. Uh, Michael Parsons can put play anywhere, and I think, you know what? I wouldn't say that initially, but I mean, I think they should do some rotation with Michael Parsons at defensive end. Because now, look at the two guys that are gone. Put Michael Parsons at DN. Put that man at DN. Let him raise hats. Let him do it. I really think they should do it now. I think it's the time to do it, but. Once again, Pistol has a loaded defensive line. So putting him, and he's good at middle linebacker. That's crazy right there. I mean, he's going to be all over the linebacker field. He could, they can even drop him down. I mean, he's 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 going to be an NFL player. Uh, NFL draft from coming out soon. He's one of our NFL prospects that, yeah, I think Michael Parsons is a top 10 NFL prospect. No doubt. Uh, Jesse Lucetta, NFL prospect. Ellis Brooks is a good, good, he's going to be a good football player. 
Uh, they got Dylan Darien, who like he's making some noise. Rob receiver went down linebacker making some noise. So the special teams, I think, will be even more crazy because guys who are not on their field, like Jay Cooper, they're going to help their special team. Um, looking at linebacker, let's talk about the future of linebacker. We're ending this segment with Penn State basketball because, yes, we go into it, and the linebacker has Lance Dixon. Brandon Smith. Lance Dixon. Brandon Smith. Those are the first ones you start with on the 2019 in 2018, well, you still got Braylon faced on wall. He's still there where he can play safety. Right? Now, we're just going back and making a reminder what they did. Charlie Catshire. If I say that, um, Charlie Catshire is a, is a Penn State, I mean, a Pennsylvania product. He was 17th ranked prospect out of there. He's another playmaker on that team. Um, Brandon Faithdown Walton is just one of those type of guys who he's an explosive hitter he's a, I mean and the crazy part is now the competition is big it's huge it's huge with the competition being so huge now um, as Penn State has gotten better and better at recruiting it's pushing a lot of these guys back Brandon Alfredo, 6'1", 200, the 15-ring prospect out of New Jersey. New Jersey. We know New Jersey gets a lot of ballers. And, and for him to move, be picked by Penn State was big. Now we're going to see where that goes. Um, to me, linebacker, you was bad. Mike Parsons, this is just not be afraid <laughs> real quick, Penn State. You got Michael Parsons. You got Jesse Lucella. You got Lance Dixon. You got Brandon Smith. That's four guys I'm just naming. Naming the starters, Cam Brown, right there. Uh, Koa Farmer and uh, Jan Johnson will start, it seems like. But Mike Parsons is going to take some snaps from Jan Johnson. Jesse Lucetta is going to get his snaps in. It's going to be something to see this team. Jarvis Miller will be a pass rusher. He proved he can do it. They, uh, they, 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 they project and they get the best out their players. And but right now, with these guys, Cam Brown, Manny Bowen, um, Micah Parsons, Jesse Lucetta, you're not Ellis Brooks. You're not gonna have to do too much. You're not gonna have to do too much. These guys are naturally incentive playmakers, and I think people are forgetting just how good Ellis Brooks, Jesse Lucetta. And Michael Parsons are. Now you look at Koa Farmer. You forgot what he does in the field. You forgot how smart of a linebacker Cam Brown is. It's crazy. Now, let's go to the cornerbacks. John Reed is back. All right, let's talk about the future at cornerback. Terry Cashel Fields, Lamont Wade, uh, Donovan Johnson. All right, we talk about those guys getting time. DJ Brown, he's still one of my favorite recruits that they ever got right there. Um, You talk about in 2018 class when they end up getting 
And they always end up getting number cornerback. Like, they always end up trying to get Jordan Miner. He's gone, which was a big hit because he would have been a special player. Trent Gordon out of Texas. I mean, this guy can play. He's going to be good coming in the inside. Very tough. Jim Europe. Um, now you're looking at what Villanova, I mean, what, excuse me, sorry, what Penn State has in football. Right here, you see I've been doing a lot, y'all. Y'all know I've been here. I'm just ready to hit y'all with it. Um, cornerback in this class, Marcus Wilson can do it. Marquise Wilson can do it. He can play safety, play cornerback. I'm anxious to see what type of player he becomes. I think he becomes Showtime with this team. Keaton Ellis, uh, my favorite prospect still on this team. He's such a hard worker, such a dynamic player. Really not looked at like he should be looked at. Ain't looking at safeties right now. Uh, right now, um, Tariq Castro Fields, Jonathan Johnson. You looking at safeties right now? Let's talk about safeties. Let's talk about Jonathan Sutherland, hard-hitting Jonathan Sutherland. Abram, Abram, Abram Monroe is still here. Okay. They still have Lamont Wade who can go up there. They got Isaiah Humphreys now. They got Tyler Randolph from this class. Tyler Rudolph, excuse me, from this class who he's something. I mean, they're going to have a good group of guys. Jaquan Briscoe, they're going to have a good group of guys battling their safety. That's going to be fun to watch over the years. I think uh, people got to watch out for that battle. And If you um want to make another analysis on their safeties, I mean, Trent Gordon can, might can move there, but Isaiah Humphreys might be my favorite safety they got, man. I mean, this guy can absolutely flat out ball. And now we're going to see more of this team um, and more players come out of these teams that are going to be dynamic for them in the future. Um, kickers, they take care of that. They take care of that big. Um, If you want to see um, guys in the offensive line like Robert Martin are going to be there. Um, this is going to be real tough. And it's, you talk about uh, Penn State, Jawan Johnson, Trace McSorley, DeAndre Tompkins, Brandon Pope, all going to thrive this year. And they're going to have new guys like you might think Jonathan Thomas and Mark Allen are going to be in there. They're going to throw Ricky Slade in there to mess some people up. But when this dynamic back comes out, it's going to be crazy. For the future, you're looking at Ricky Slade. And if Jawan Johnson decides to leave, I think he could be an NFL. I think he'll be an NFL receiver this year. Uh, guys like Johan Dawson and Justin Shorter with KJ Hamler on the same squad with Brandon Polk could be happening soon. Uh, Cameron Sullivan Brown, Matt Kippenhammer, those guys, Daniel George, can be dynamic players. Um, at safety, there's nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. Once this, this year ago, Jonathan Sutherland, Isaiah Humphreys, Jaquan Brisker, Tyler Rudolph, Marquise Wilson, Lamont Wade, it's whoever. Garrett Taylor's going to get some time. So that guy, they say he's finally coming to his own. This is going to be big for Penn State in the future. When you got guys like Trace McSorley at quarterback, and then you got Sean Clifford, who can lead to a national championship, Daquan, Ro- Daquan Roberson, Michael Johnson Jr., and Will, Will Levi can all lead teams to championships. You still got with those guys, you got Ricky Slade, you got Johnny Brown. Those are two dynamic lead backs. Say lead backs. Devin Ford, lead backs. Three lead backs. Just waiting in the trenches. 
Then you've got um, the defensive line. They got about three, or f- two or three starting defensive lines for the future. You got Hanson and Must- Must- Mustafa, PJ, Fred Hanson, and these Hawkins right there. After Sharif goes, who they got? You got Shaka, you got Shane, you got Joseph, you got Owe. You got, I mean, you still got Hakeem Beeman who just committed. Hey, right, if you're talking about the defensive line. Uh, Tariq Crashville Fields is going to be an NFL cornerback to me. And there's no question about that one. Um, I, I honestly think that Penn State is going to win it all next year. You just can't stop a team that deep in depth and that tough every year. They came so close. Two games. Ohio State had to come back to win, so did Michigan State. Penn State beat themselves in both games. I mean, this team is ready to play. The way Penn State recruits are going to prepare them for the future. Okay, y'all, there it is. Part one, part two. Go look at part one if you haven't. Go follow me, right Elite 247 On Twitter, I have a new... Uh, I'm on Instagram now. I'm starting to do my Instagram thing. Follow me, right Elite Johnson. Go to Facebook, Leader Johnson. Um, NBADraftRoom.com, NBA Analyst Work, Senior Writer. Stock Rises, I write on that.com. We got some of the best interviews. Um, VUSports.com. Shout out to Duke. Duke going to be doing some work for them. Hey, here it is, y'all. Philadelphia Sports. We are in the right direction. Penn State Championship. They got stacked top to bottom. Top to bottom. Offensive line, elite. This is the championship year. They got that two years experience being good with Saquon and boom, boom. And now the other guys have got better and better. They were two, like what, four points away? A, a combined loss. I think they lost to three to Ohio State and one to Michigan State. I know it was a one to Michigan State and three to Ohio State. I think that's what it was. They ain't got time to go back to the scores. I know it was a combined loss of four points. Four points. Combined losses of four points. That's what, if you combine the Michigan State and Ohio State loss, I know it's four points. Go check, go look it up. All right, yeah. All right, y'all. I'm out of here. Hashtag foul leader. Mr. One-on-one. Signing off. Foul leader just went in. <laughs>